Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word. Hallelujah. I'm, I tell you, I'm glad to be here today on this Tuesday. Uh, we've had some uh, rain come down earlier and thunder, and I thought, well, I'm hoping electricity don't go out, but uh, thank the Lord he brought us some sunshine later on, and we're doing all right and got electricity and everything, because I wasn't sure if it what, you know, when the thunder gets it going and rolling around here, we don't have just the normal everyday thunder and lightning. It sometimes can knock your power out. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, God made a way for us to be here uh, this afternoon. Amen. Well, I call it afternoon, but it's getting close to evening time. But um, uh, certainly, we're glad to be here with you. And by the time that we get this uh, loaded up, it, it'll be a little bit later on. It's almost 5.30 my time, about 5.25 my time right now. And uh, by the time that we get this loaded up, you know, it'll be later on in the evening. So, uh, you you know, if you got the evening to listen to the podcast, you got a little time, you know, maybe your schedule's different than other folks and you got the whole evening and you can sit and listen and you know, and whatever. You know, some folks, uh, I know there's some folks that listen to me and uh, you say, well, I don't see nothing there that shows anybody listening. Well, I tell you, people are listening because I've had some people get upset with me. And uh, I tell you, I'll say it once, I'll say it again, and I'll say it again and again and again. I am not here to purposely try to upset nobody. That's not my purpose. No. Uh, that's why we call this God's whole word. The purpose is to get God's whole word out there. We've got to do that, folks, because, uh, you know, there is a world that needs to be saved. I tell you, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Have you heard that one? I know you have, you know. So we've got to be mindful of uh, uh, our day we're living in, the time we're living in, and and we want to get the word out. We want to warn people. We want to talk to people. You say, well, you know, what do you got to warn folk for? Well, you know, when God called me, I ran and I ran. I've said that before in my testimony a lot of times. And I didn't want to, well, I didn't even want to preach when God first called me because he first called me right after I was baptized with the Holy Ghost when I was 16 years old. And a few months after I was baptized with the Holy Ghost, God told me, I was down at the altar praying, and he said he called me to preach. And I got so scared, and I said, Lord, I can't do that. I talked back to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I can't do that. Because I was so timid, and I was so shy, and, uh, you know, a lot of things that went on in my life, and I suffering even at that moment. Uh, you know, the church was a refuge to me, and uh, I would get out of my house where I was being abused, and just so many things going on. So it was, you know, getting down to the house of God and praying was a blessing to me. And uh, God began to speak to me and, and talk to me about, you know, he wanted to call me to preach his word. And I tell you, I was, you know, I would shake in my boots when I'd go home because of what I knew that would, might happen in, in my home. And uh, my stepfather was a very abusive man. And um, both my mother and stepfather had severe emotional problems and that kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, I, I was thankful for the Lord for the refuge, a place to go, and people were so kind and everything. And and I, but I had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and and God called me to preach. And when He did, 
I, I was a different person. You know, when you uh, come to know the Lord, you know, you, you, you come one way and God begins to mold you and shape you. You know, we're the clay and he's the potter and God begins to mold us and shape us. But you know, uh, sometimes the Lord takes a good long while to work on you. And I'm so glad he's been so patient and long-suffering with me and full of mercy and kindness. And he can certainly be the same for you. Uh, you know, some people, they struggle with certain things and they become very weary and, uh, you know, and all. And, and certainly the Bible talks about God had become weary with the Israelites because they had just constantly turned their backs on God over and over and turned away to other idols and all that. And we can certainly do that in our lives as Christians. We can find all kinds of things that we idolize. And God is not the center of our life, but something else uh, ends up being. And, and so certainly those things can uh, happen. But we thank the Lord so much for the mercy and the long-suffering. You know, God talks about the fruits of the Spirit, which... Um, it was to be born out of our hearts as God baptized us with the Holy Ghost. Those fruits that Galatians 5, chapter 5, and verses 22 and 23 talks about the, the different fruits, love, joy, and peace, and long-suffering, and temperance, and meekness. You know, all those uh, different fruits that God talks about. Uh, he wants to, to bear them through us. But uh, it is through the Holy Ghost that they are born out of you and works through and out of you that people... Uh, you know, are able to uh, take part of that fruit off of your tree. Because certainly a tree don't eat its own fruit. You know, uh, you grow and God is growing that fruit off of your tree as you submit to him and you allow him to mold you and shape you into what he wants you to be. But the fruits of the Spirit is what God wants off of every tree. I've had some people say, well, I'm just not like you. Well, I'm going to tell you what, I'm glad that you're not. And I'm glad I'm not like I was uh, neither... Because you've got to have the Lord inside you, molding you and shaping you. Jesus has got to get the glory. And so, as he begins to work on us and those fruits begin to be manifest, don't you know, God has got to mold us and shape us in order for those fruits uh, to grow on us. You know, like patience. I mean, you can't have no patience. I'm telling you, you can't have no patience unless God's going to give you something to make you wait. I'm not kidding. I mean, and you know what the Lord would use with me so long, so much, many times, is me standing in long lines. Because when I, you know, it just used to just frustrate the living daylights out of me. And, and then, you know, you're already in a long line, and then somebody else got a problem up at the front of the line. And then nobody's understanding, and, and I'm in the back of the line and hearing what the person's saying, and I understand what they're saying, and I'm afraid if I get up there in front and trying to explain it, somebody's going to get mad at you because you're trying to take over. And so you just stand there. And, uh, you know, not that I know everything, but I'm just saying those things have happened to me. And, and, but God used them to, uh, to literally hone out of me the patience because he knew I was an impatient person. And he said, well, I'm going to have to work on this piece of clay because uh, uh, he sure enough don't have the patience that I need him to have. And I tell you, God has given me many, 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 many things. He even blessed me with nine children. If you don't think you're going to learn patience then, I'll tell you what, you're going to learn patience when you have so many children. And uh, But uh, any, anyhow, so I'm glad to be here with you. And uh, without further ado, y'all know what we got to do? 
Everybody know what we're going to do. If you've been listening to this podcast, I know you can't see my face. Some people get frustrated. You know, why didn't you get that fixed that way? Well, it didn't work that way. Uh, We tried to get it worked out and whatever. The Lord just let it be the way that it is. So you hear me talking. But I will encourage you, if you will. Now, I didn't do this on purpose. I'm just saying it worked out this way. So maybe it's the Lord's way of trying to get you to turn around and look at also our YouTube channel. Uh, Because... Uh, on, on our YouTube channel, we have what's called the Eunuch Preacher. Now, I'm going to spell that, uh, capital E-U-N-U-C-H, the Eunuch Preacher. And Preacher, of course, is most people know how to spell that. Some people get a little confused about Eunuch because the U is silent on right after the E. So, capital E-U-N-U-C-H. And that is three separate words. The words are separated. They don't roll together in there. Uh, the first letter of each word, the eunuch preacher is the first letter of each of the words are capital anyway are capitalized so uh we have on the eunuch preacher that's a ministry here that we have that on saturday which is the the sabbath we have our worship services and all of that and we take all that and i'll tell you what we i will not be ashamed of the fact that I am Pentecostal. I will not be ashamed of the fact that I'm a holy roller. I will not be ashamed of being a tongue-talking, holy rolling, baptized believer in Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yes, I do, because I've been baptized with that Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. And I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I'm not afraid to tell people I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Just like it tells you in the book of Acts in chapter 2 and verse 38. you got to go down in the name of Jesus. And I'm not ashamed uh, to say that we believe in holiness. Amen. You know the world, they don't hear that no more. Oh, no. Even people who claim to be Christian, they don't want to hear about holiness. Oh, no. They throw that in the trash. They don't want to hear that kind of thing. Oh, no. We just going to follow Jesus. But if you're going to follow Jesus, you miss some scripture. Because I'll tell you what, Jesus taught holiness. And so, you know, be ye holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. Don't you know that Jesus is God Almighty? If you don't know that, you ain't read your Bible. Amen and hallelujah. And so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. The Lord said in Isaiah 56 and verse 7, he said, my house. You know, it's not your house. It's it's his house. This body, the temple of the Holy Ghost, that's your body. This is God's house. And he said, your house ought to be a house of prayer. And so when you get, uh, you know, get yourself ready to read the word of God, you better get yourself to prayer because you can't lead yourself in the word. You've got to have that Holy Ghost to guide you and lead you. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a truth, and you know it. Now, if you don't know it, then just stick with us. We'll help you understand it. I'm not saying I know it all. I sure enough don't. God has used so many folks to teach me, but I'll tell you what, once you learn something, you better get it down in your crawl. You better get it down in that substance of your soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And so we're going to go to the Lord because we need his guidance. Dear Lord, we thank you. And Lord, you know I mean that from the bottom of, hallelujah, from the bottom of my soul, Lord, hallelujah. Thank you for your word. And Lord, I know there's many liars out there, many false teachers, many false words going out of false mouths that are saying your word is not true, saying that your word is not preserved. But God, we know that's a lie. 
Hallelujah. Because so many things, Lord, even today, God, are coming true that according to your word, nobody would have known what in the world was going on until now we can look and we can see things just coming to pass and coming to pass and seeing your word just sitting there. And it's been sitting there a long time just waiting for everybody else to catch up to what God's, what your word is saying, God. And so I, I thank you. I thank you for your truth. I thank you so much, Lord. That I, I I can't I can't begin to thank you Jesus for for the truth that you have preserved for your people. I I cannot begin to praise you enough for what you have given us, God, because what you have preserved for us, Lord, it feeds our soul. As your apostle Peter said, Lord, you give us everything for for life and godliness, the things that direct us in this life and the things that uh, guide us into a, a life of godliness and holiness. Lord, you've given us everything that we need. Hallelujah. And I thank you. And not only that, but you baptized us. You made it available for us to be baptized with your Holy Ghost and fire down in our soul, Lord. And I thank you. Oh, I thank you for that Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It gives us the power and the anointing to get on through this world, Lord, which we need. Oh, Lord, you see this world. You see the condition, Lord Jesus, of this world. My God, help us, Lord, that are calling on your name to stay strong in your Lord, to stay strong in the power of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <coughs> thank you, Jesus, for all that you do. Thank you for all that you're going to do. Thank you for what you've already done. And Lord, thank you what you're getting ready to do on this podcast. Bless it, Lord. Bless our ears to be open up to hear your word. Bless this mouth. Lord, I don't know why you want to use me, but you've chosen. I don't understand your decision to choose what you choose, but God, you're, you're God, and you choose what you want. And I thank you. I thank you. Hallelujah. Lord, for your choosing your, your, your me. I, I just, Lord, you know, I said to you, I never understand it. I'll never understand it. But God, I thank you. And so God, use this mouth. Lord, the mouth you molded and you put a fire down in this mouth. Let me say what you want me to say. And you told me not to be afraid of the faces of those that I speak. So let me, God, stand strong and trust in you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, I pray amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. And I said amen three times because the Bible says out of two or three words, let every word be, two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to establish the fact that that prayer, hallelujah, you pray to God, God will hear you. If you got sin that you've repented of, you get that sin out of your life, you've got a heart of repentance. If you don't repent, God's not going to hear you. Don't you sit there and listen to those lies. Oh, God will just listen to anybody. No, God's not going to do that. He's not required to do that. He can do what he wants. Now, if he chooses to listen to you, and you're just a rebellious person that don't want to repent, then God's speaking to you for some other reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you can you can see that in the scripture. There's sometime the Lord was going to speak like the hand on the wall. You know, that's where we get that saying, the writing's on the wall. Because God began to write and he wrote in a certain language and, 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 and as it's translated, it was God's judgment to come to those people. So God can speak to the, the ones that you're going to rebel and not listen to God. But I'll tell you what, when God speaks to you and you haven't repented, you better watch out. Amen. Because that means God is not happy because you refuse to listen. But if you got a mind 
Did you get what I said? If you got a mind to repent, in other words, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Amen. Then God has made you ready. You know, sometimes God got to make us so sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired that we finally say, okay, Lord, okay, 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 okay. And, you know, and you finally just give it up and you say, okay, Lord, okay, I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm ready for you to do what you need to do. And, and sometimes it takes God a long time working on us and putting us through the ringer to get us to listen. But if we have even an ounce, even an ounce of desire or even an ounce of, of, of you know, what God can see down in your soul, because he's the only one that can read your soul he's the only, or your heart, and he's the only one that can do that. And so God, he, he looks at the hearts. He reads the hearts. And he sees even the spark of, 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 of some faith. You know, that's all he's got to have, just a little bit of faith to work with. And God can help grow you. And so I'm thankful for what the Lord has done uh, to, to do that for me. And I'm thankful for all that he's done for countless, countless people, um, helping them to grow and trust in him. He's such a wonderful God. So, you know, we have been uh, talking uh, on this podcast uh, for a little while you know at first we got on a um, a trek or a travel or uh, whatever you want to call it uh, talking about God's love and then we got through with that we went through that for a while and then we turned the corner now we're talk talking about the things that God hates the thing that God hates and God does hate some things yes he does you 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 can sit there and say all you want that you don't think so but if you say that, you're telling me you don't read the word. Because God makes it very clear there's things that he hates. And, and the reason why he tells us those things, because he wants us to stay away from the things that he hates. And so, as we begin to look at that, we're going to Proverbs chapter 6. And um, I'm going to just turn there for a moment. And I know people say, well, you just keep on, and you keep on, and you keep on, and you keep repeating it. And Well, I am. I'm going to. Proverbs 6, uh, chapter 16 through 19, it says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. So he's going to start giving a list of seven things he hates. Verse 17, 18, and 19 talks about those things that he hates. Here's the seven things God hates. A proud look, a lying tongue, Hands that in, uh, shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief. Mm -hmm. And verse 19, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Mm. So God has got his mind made up that these are the things that uh, he hates. And I'm going to tell you, this is not an exhaustive list but it's some that is at the core uh, of what God wants us to see and to look at so that we uh, understand what we've got to turn from, repent of, get out of our mind and out of our heart and, 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 and out of the way that we walk. Because God don't want us to be like that. God don't want us to have a proud look. God don't want us to have a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. God don't want us to have a heart that devises wicked imagination. He don't want us to have feet that are swift and running to mischief. And, 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 and he sure enough don't want no false witness to speak lies. And he don't want nobody that sows discord among the brethren. And that means that there could be your church family or your own black family. 
Don't you know people stir trouble up right and left? Always trying to cause such a disunion. But we'll get to that. We're going to get to that. But we're, we're camping out on the proud look. But I do want to stop for a minute. In verse 18, it talks about the feet that are swift to running to mischief. The only reason why I want to just say something about that, we're not there yet because we just started on proud look and we've been talking about that on these last few podcasts. But I saw my phone today. These bunch of rebellious teenagers. I tell you what, they had like, I don't know, just dozens and dozens, maybe even a hundred of these teenagers. They just go running through the store and stealing, and and, uh, there's just no, there's so many of them, just rebellious and and thieving and carrying on, you know. Now, I'm going to try to be careful with what I say, but where's the parents? Where are they at? Well, what happened uh, that the children have gotten to the point to where you acted like they did in the day of Sodom and Gomorrah because that's what you're doing? Don't tell me that was all about certain things. Uh-uh. The, you read that story, the things that are going on, that's like a Sodom and Gomorrah type of behavior where you gather up. That's what they did in Sodom and Gomorrah. They, you know, the angels of the Lord came to Lot's house and, and all the men in the city... Young and old, they gathered up and they were going to rape those angels is what they were going to do. They looked like men to them. They thought they were men. But they were really angels from the Lord that had come to bring destruction. But, uh, you know, they, they gather up for their wickedness. You know, and we we talk about that another time. I'm not going to get off on Sodom and Gomorrah right now, but, I'm a, but I, I do want to say this, that uh, you, you can understand without any, you know, difficulty I don't know why some people got such a problem uh, of not understanding some of the points of that story, but there is wickedness running around just like Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't tell me that don't apply to that. Yes, it does. Oh, yeah, it does. You got you got all these young people running up in that store in Compton, California. I saw it today. I saw it on the, in the, on the phone. Well, and they're right in there thieving and laughing and carrying on and stealing and taking things out. My question is, why in the world do these children think that that's okay? And yes, they're children. Huh? i tell you what, I got a remedy for that. Amen. You know what we've lost? We've lost what God said needs to be done. He said foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Now, I realize that rod of correction, some people don't like to hear that. Huh? Mm-hmm. I know. There's a lot of them don't like to hear it. I know all about that. I know there's a lot of folks. Now, I realize that you got to, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, you, you know, you can't be abusing children and all that kind of thing, uh, you know, you, and, and so on. But when God said the rod of correction that, well, first of all, he says there's foolishness bound in the heart of a child. Amen. Because we're all born in sin. But there's foolishness in that heart of the child. And they're going to, if you don't correct them when they're little, they're going to keep on going and keep on going. And then you get what you got in Compton, where they got this mind and this thought that they can just run in the store. And, and, and the only thing I can figure is so these children have gotten phones and they all... You know, you know how people say, hey, we, we're all going to meet over here and we're just going to slam this store. That's what it sounds like they did. 
and 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 you see faces and all that. Why ain't nobody been arrested? Now I'm not the police. I'm not in charge of the investigation or nothing. But I tell you what, we've gone lax, folks. Uh huh. You got what you got because you took the Bible out of school and you took that board out of the school. And I'm not talking about a school board. I'm talking about a board that goes on the backside of their behind. When you took that out, children just had a mind. They're just going to do whatever they want. Because I'll tell you what, when I went to school in the 60s, I knew that there was a board in that office, and I knew that the principal could spank you. And I knew that uh, uh, they didn't have to call the parents either. They just let them know afterwards, your son got X amount of swats or whatever because of this or that or the other, you see. And now, you know, you spank your child, somebody's going to say you're abusing them. Well, all right, look at the state of the affairs of this world now. Y'all all decided along the way, oh, we're not going to do that. No, you got counselors running their mouth. Oh, if you spank a child, it's abuse. And all that bunch of nonsense. You're speaking over God. Because God said foolishness is bound in the heart of a child and the rod of correction is to drive far from him. You say, well, I thought you did foster care and you did this. And I did. And you know what? And the rule was you couldn't spank him. Well, you know what? We had all kinds of problems because you couldn't spank him. Now, even with the ones that we adopted, you know, I was very, very careful about that because I knew that uh, there's, there's this mindset out there. And that... You know, that mindset is so predominant everywhere, everywhere you go, that, uh, you know, you spank a child and it's going gonna, it's gonna to harm them. No, God didn't say that. God said foolishness is bound in their heart. And so now what, what's happened is because we've taken God out of school, we don't hear what God's word says. We don't want to hear uh, what God's got instructions about different things that will actually bring more of a peaceful society. No, you don't want to hear that. And so what do we got now? We got what we're dealing with. And you say, well, are you, are you saying everybody ought to run out and get a board and spank their children? Well, I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is we have a big problem. Because the bottom line is the minute somebody spanks their child, somebody's got something to say. And, 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 you know, and then they'll try to turn it around and try to make it sound like that you're being abusive to your child because maybe you, uh, you know, you do it properly. You bend them over your knee and give them a couple of swats and uh, three, maybe four, you know, uh, with the backside of your hand on their bottom. You know, God patted that rear end for a reason. Amen. Sit down and then to spank them if they need it. But, you know, you try to spank your child and people get all bent out of shape now. And, and uh, I, I, I've known family members that corrected their children in the store, not spanking them, but just telling them very sternly, you better straighten up right now. And somebody in the back of the line got something to say about it. And yet you've got all of this craziness going on, and everybody said, oh, we need more of this and we need more of that. Money, 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 money. Let's, uh, you know, we need more police out there. I'm not saying we don't need more police. Well, you've got, you got to have more police because you didn't do what God said. If you would have listened to God, but you don't want to listen to God. A lot of folks don't. Amen. And so, you know, it's a, a different world now than what it was in the 60s. Because in the 60s, I'll tell you what, I got myself spanked. Now, the ones that spanked me was my grandparents. Uh, and my daddy did. He spanked me. 
I remember one spanking he gave me because I sassed off to my mother. And then my daddy died a few weeks before my fifth birthday. And I was just, uh, you know, I was a bad little boy. <laughs> I was not, I tell you, I, I put my mother through the ringer. And some people say, oh, you shouldn't say you were a bad little boy. You were having troubles and struggles. Well, I was. But why are you going to make excuses for everything? I mean, come on, people. I mean, yes, the, 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 the struggle of, of uh, you know, going through grief and all that kind of thing. Now, certainly, it wasn't like it ought to be. I'm not saying it wasn't, but you know what? Once you get to a certain age, you're going to have to have an understanding of the fact that people have to be accountable for what they do. But people don't want to do that anymore either. Everybody want to blame everybody else. Oh, it was because my daddy spanked me. Oh, it was because my daddy didn't spank me. Oh, it was because my mama yelled at me. Oh, it was because my mama never said nothing to me. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's just nonstop. And people, when you point this stuff out to them and the fact that they need to go the way of God, uh, they will say you're a re re religious nut or a religious zealot or whatever other, you know, are you a cult or whatever. You know, I mean, it, it just gets ridiculous. But then when you look at the state of the affairs of the world and you let, okay, are y'all not paying attention? You're seeing all these riots and all this stuff going on and people are just like, oh, we just, you know, we need more of this and we need more of that. And all their solutions absolutely refuse to be pointed to God as the solution. They will not do that. So many people in the world, and you know it's true. Now, the problem where it really uh, gets uh, to be serious is when Christians start getting a hold of all this agenda that's got a hold of the world. It, I tell you what, people have just taken hold of so many things that's part of the agenda of this world. And we're going to talk about that for a little bit. Now, I've been going on for half an hour now, 30 minutes now. But, uh, you know, we got to look at some of these things. Now, so I'd like to take you, if you would, and we've been talking about uh, a proud look. In Proverbs chapter 6, uh, in uh, verses 16 through 19, the very first thing on the list that of, of things that God hates, he says a proud look. And so we've been looking at what the proud look is. And so what I'd like to uh, direct you to is Psalm, the book of Psalm. Psalm 40, and we're going to go to verse 4. Psalm 40 and verse 4. And the word of the Lord says, Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud. Did you hear that? And respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Don't respect those that are of a prideful nature, and don't turn aside to those that are turning towards lies. All right? Now, so we're going to look at this verse because we want to, uh, you know, because some people, they will hear that verse and they'll say, oh, that means I don't have to show any respect to certain people. Well, that's, that's not exactly uh, what we're uh, looking at here. We want to look at what the details of what these words actually mean so that you get a full plate of what's going on. That's why this is called God's whole word. We're going to give you a full plate. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so uh, I, 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 I made up my mind when I was going to do this podcast that 
Uh, I knew that it was going to take me more time out of, uh, of, of my time to study and all that, and I don't mind that. I thank God that he has worked my schedule out, and sometimes it gets kind of uh, a little tight, you know, because there's so many different things to do. But I made up my mind I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it done because I want people to see what God's whole word has to say. Let's not just... You know, look at certain things and just drop it in the bucket. Just say, well, I, I'm not sure what it means. So we're just going to close the book up, the Bible up, and we just, uh, we're just we going to go on and see what we think about it ourselves and how we think about it. Well, God don't want us doing that because our thoughts are not his thoughts and our ways are not his ways. And so uh, we, we can't do that. We're going to see it. We have to see what God has to say. And so through the mouth of uh, David, he penned these words, Blessed is that man, or that person, that human being, the man or the woman, that maketh the Lord his trust. All right, that's the first thing. And then, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Don't respect those of the proud, and don't respect those that turn to lies. Now, let's look and see what that means. So, the person that is blessed. It says, blessed is the person that makes the Lord his trust. So let's look at that first. What does that mean that the person is going to be blessed that makes the Lord his trust? What does it mean to make the Lord your trust? Well, let's look at the word blessed first. So it says, blessed is the person that makes the Lord his trust. Blessed. It means to be happy and level-headed. To be happy and level-headed. That's what blessed means in that. Now, what I want to say to y'all, y'all that are uh, studying the word and all of that, don't think that because this word translated, that's uh, been translated into the English as blessed, that all the words that are translated blessed could mean this exact meaning because some of them have been translated in the English to, to as close as they can get to mean blessed, but it can mean maybe something a little bit different. But in this case, and in this scenario, and in this instance, this word blessed means to be happy and level-headed. Or to be happy and level, meaning level-headed. So, in other words, uh, if you're going to put your trust in the Lord, now we're going to look at that a little bit closer, because it says, maketh the Lord his trust. So what does it mean to make the Lord your trust? We want to look at that. But to be blessed means to be happy and level-headed. I'm going to tell you what, the things that are going on right now, People don't look happy. They're not happy. They don't look happy because they're not happy. This is the reason why you have mass shootings. This is the reason why you have people, uh, you know, doing all kinds of crazy things nowadays. And, you know, and I, I, I was saying something to somebody the other day, and I, I said uh, to them, I said, you know, things are just getting worse. And the person who has a rebellious spirit, and they have backslid, and they don't have a mind to really want to listen to the things of God, they said, well, I think it's just because we've got so much uh, focus with, you know, all of the gadgets we've got, you know, like internet, and we've got phones, and we've got this, and we've got that. No, that's not what the Bible says. And later on, I was praying to the Lord, and the Lord said, no, the Holy Ghost says this. And I looked in the Word of God, and the Bible says, no, men's hearts shall wax worse and worse, meaning human beings. You know, the hearts of people are going to get worse and worse. So uh, this nonsense, uh, you know, of believing that because there's there's more ways to tape things now. You know, people can get their phones, and they'll, they'll tape all kinds of things, and they'll put it up on the Internet. But the thing of it is, they're taping all the things that are going on that uh, are, are getting worse and worse. As people get worse and worse, they tape all of this worse and more stuff. 
mouth. And then they put it out on uh, whatever platform they're going to put it on. And so, uh, you know, you've got people that don't want to believe God's truth and they want to turn from whatever God's saying. When he says men's hearts will wax worse and worse, well, he knows what he's talking about because he sees everything all at once. You can't sit there and call God a liar because if you do, you're going to meet him one day and that's not going to work out too well for you. Hmm? So the bottom line is the person that's blessed, it means in this verse, means that they're happy and level-headed. Don't tell me people are level-headed when they go grouping up with a hundred teenagers and they go running through the store stealing and thieving and, and you could see some of them coming out with smiles on their faces because they thought it was so funny. That's not level-headed. No, that's evil and wicked. But see, what a lot of people do now, you got counselors and you got uh, social work and everybody get, well, you know, they must have had a troubled existence. Well, I get that people have troubled existence, but you know, people have had troubled existence for millennia, okay? For millennium. I mean, come on, all right? Because you had the, the first murder that's uh, listed in uh, the book of Genesis is between a, a brother and his brother. And he kills him because he's upset that God accepted his sacrifice, his brother's sacrifice, and not his. And so, uh, you know, that was dysfunction there. And then mom and daddy were in a garden that was perfect. And, uh, you know, and they decided to rebel against God even though God had given them everything that they needed and they didn't have any kind of problems. You know, uh, they didn't have in-laws. Huh? The only one they had was God that created them. They didn't have in-laws. They didn't have problems with in-laws. They didn't have, <coughs> even at the time of being in the garden, they didn't have problems with, you know, children being rebellious and all that. No. Huh? And yet, all the goodness that they had in that garden and they decided to disobey God. And so you talk about uh, dysfunction. Well, that's because of sin. Because pride got a hold of them. And where did that come from? Because Satan, who is where pride comes from? He's the father of lies, and he is the beginning of pride. He is the one that decided to rise himself up against God. And, and, and what happened? He got kicked out. Well, now he got kicked out of heaven and thrown to the earth. And now he's mad and he's angry. Who's he angry with? He's angry with those that God made in his image, the human beings. So he's going to say, hey, I'm going to try to pull them into to my way of thinking. And sure enough, here comes Adam and Eve, you know, Eve first. And then Adam listened to Eve, and it's just been a downward spiral ever since. And don't tell me it hasn't been a downward spiral for ever since. It certainly has. Because here we are in this generation that we're living in, and, and, and it just keeps going down further and further. And you can sit there and run your mouth all you want, but if what you're saying stands against God's word, then your word means nothing. Nothing. It means nothing at all. Okay, your word is worthless. If it does not stand upon what God's word says, your word is worthless. It's of no value. So you can run your mouth all you want, but your mouth don't mean anything when it doesn't square up with what God said. So, uh, to be blessed here. So the person is blessed. The person is going to be happy and level-headed. That person is going to make the Lord his trust. So what does it mean to make the Lord your trust? Well, the word maketh there, it actually means to determine or mark out or name. So what does it mean to mark out? Well, that means to draw, uh, actually to, to draw lines around something to make it clearly be seen. 
So you are going to be one that is clearly seen that you trust God. Everybody around you, you can see the mark that you've made around you and, and people will look at you and they're not going to wonder whether you're a Christian or not or whether or not you put your faith in the Lord or not. They're not going to wonder that with this person here. Because this person has made up their mind that they're going to make the Lord their trust. And that word means to mark out or to name. Well, well who, who are they naming? Well, I'm naming Jesus Christ. And that person that names Jesus Christ and they're marking out the Lord, they've drawn uh, uh, boundaries. In other words, they say, look, I serve the Lord. So we're not going to cross over these boundaries. This is the marked territory right here. And this is what we do. This is how we serve God. This is how we live for the Lord. And so the person that does that, that uh, and, and it also means, the word makeup means to determine or to decide. That word determine means to decide. So you decide in your heart, you know, the Lord is going to be my trust. I'm going to mark it out for him to be my trust. Well, what is trust? So you mark out that the Lord is uh, the one. He's the one that you've determined or decided to be the one that you follow, that you're you're going to make it clearly seen and clearly known uh, by everybody around you. Nobody's going to wonder whether or not you serve God or not. You're going to make him your trust. Well, what does that mean, trust? That word there. It means to be your refuge, your security, and your hope. To be your refuge, your security, and your hope. That's what that word means when it says that blessed or or happy and level-headed is the person that 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 does this they they make the lord their trust and and in other words they they know that jesus is their refuge they know that he's their refuge so what does that mean that means shelter from uh danger and trouble you know that when 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 things get tough you know that jesus is your refuge and you say well what if what if you're you know uh, things are happening and, and and things are caving in on me and 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 uh, all kinds of terrible things are beginning to happen you know when it happens with some christians there are some terrible things that happen i mean honestly there are christians that that go through just terrible terrible things i've heard of some just horrific things that that Christians have had to go through. But they continue to put their trust in the Lord because all the way, even unto death of themselves or their loved ones or whatever, whatever the situation is. I remember one time I heard a story that just broke my heart. There was a, a pastor. His wife was not feeling good, feeling well. And uh, he had went on to the church. It was right next to the house. And uh, she wasn't feeling well, so she didn't go. And during that period of time while uh, they were at church he was at church and ministering and everything and somebody had uh, somehow got broke into the house and and ended up raping and murdering this wife of this pastor and i was just it it just my heart just sunk when i read it because i think you i thought you know there's so many people that they're going to hear this and they're going to say well where was god well god was right there you say well why didn't he stop listen you gotta understand something the devil is out to steal kill and destroy but the bottom line is, anyone who has their faith, their trust completely built into the Lord, no matter what comes or goes, you know that you're going to meet him and you're going to be there with him and he's going to take you in his arms. You know that. So even if it is that we suffer horrendous tragedy on this end, and we can. I have you know, had to deal with some tragedy in my own life. And as a as 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 a minister and, and trying to deal with certain things, you know, we've lost uh, one of our sons just a few months ago, 
and uh, he, he died of a drug overdose because, you know, somebody gave him, you know, I know he's got responsibilities and what he did and his part and all that, but, um, you know, you got drug dealers out there and they sell these drugs and, and you try to teach your kids to stay away from those things, but once they become an adult and they're on their own and they're out of your home and, and they're going about their life, there's not much that you can do you've done what you can as you raise them and then now you you really are uh, doing your best to just pray for the Lord to guide and to lead and so it can be a very tragic thing to lose a loved one it can be in in such horrible circumstances uh, as this pastor had to go through and and even others who maybe your children have passed because of drug overdose and you get angry you know at the ones who supply the drugs and I certainly was there I just it, it's still hard for me. It's only been a little, little over six months, and it's still, you know, I, I, I vacillate. I go back and forth, and I get, you know, it just uh, sometimes, you know, especially it's, it's, his birthday's going to be coming up in June, and, uh, and I, you know, it just it makes you angry because, you know, people don't seem to understand that God's way is the best, and when you... When you, you know, when you try to raise your children, maybe you've raised your children uh, trying to teach them the ways of the Lord and they just rebelled and they turned and went their own way and, 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 and then, you know, tragedy strikes and, and you're left with these feelings that just uh, feel like the bottom dropped out. And, and, uh, and then you kind of question, you know, did I, you know, did you do your job right? Did you really teach them about God's love and His mercy and His kindness and, you know, uh, especially when, you, you know, you're trying to teach them uh, to live a holy life and to live a godly life and a life separate from the world and all that and at the same time. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it can become a, a very difficult struggle. But this verse comes into such a great uh, play for all of, all of us that claim to uh, hold on to Jesus Christ as our trust our he's our refuge he's where we go uh, he's our shelter from the danger and trouble that hit us in this life because life you know the bible says that life is short and full of trouble you're not going to get out of the trouble not until you get over yonder and so this life is going to be short and it's going to be full of trouble and it, and it's going to be difficult sometimes and it's going to be more than difficult sometimes there's going to be some just out and out horrendous things that can happen to our lives even as a christian and so but we we know through this verse that blessed are happy and level-headed in other words it helps you to be level-headed because you say to yourself you know even through this tragedy uh, whatever it may be that you're going through like you know there's those who lost their children in the shooting recently at the christian school and and i know that um you know those those parents they they struggle probably i would think with anger at one point when you go through your grieving process and you might go back and forth and and uh, you know you and then you deal with um, you know the fact that you've got to forgive people as well because it's what the lord calls us to do is to forgive people and the lord said if you don't forgive that we won't be forgiven and so you know you kind of struggle back and forth but if you if if you do this where it says you trust, you make the Lord your trust, then you're able to be happy. You're able to be level-headed. That, that 
brings that blessing so that you don't go out and yourself and, and just do something crazy yourself because it brings a level-headedness to you and, and, and even maybe a happiness that, Lord, one day I'm going to see you. Or maybe your children, you know, you, you're going to feel this uh, sense of joy that, that your children are in the arms of the Lord and, and that, uh, you know, if, if, if they were saved, uh, of course, you know, there's also the age of accountability and all that that comes into play. And I don't have, we're not having uh, taken time out for that today. But anyway, blessed is the person that make the Lord uh, his, his trust. What does trust mean? It means a refuge, a shelter from danger and trouble. It also means security. In other words, the state of being secure or the state of feeling safe. Do you feel safe knowing that you follow the Lord? Because really, no matter what comes or goes, if you really have that deeply rooted down in your soul, that Jesus is that one that you have said in no uncertain terms, you've marked him out. You've determined and marked him out to be the one that you trust, to be the one that you are going to hold on to. Uh, you can feel that safety inside of you. You feel that security inside of you. So um, trust is a refuge, the security, and then also hope. So it's a, hope is, when you look it up, it, it basically means to have a feeling of expectation. You know, for like and those maybe those parents there you know they lost uh three of them lost these nine-year-olds and you know that expectation or that hope one day to be able to see their children in heaven one day and it, uh, it gives people that sense of security and safety and hope and and refuge um that they can go to even 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 while you know, struggling through so much grief. I mean, some people say, I, I don't know how Christians could talk like that. How can you How can you say things like that amid such terrible things and then turn around and say that you, you're, you want the Lord to help you to forgive those that have perpetrated evil against your family? Look, this is what the Holy Ghost does for you. The Holy Ghost will do something different for you than nothing else in this world can do. And that's why we talk so much about people being baptized with the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is still available for you. To, uh, it's still available for you. God still wants to baptize people with the Holy Ghost and give them the strength. It gives you the power to overcome all of the things that Satan doesn't want you to overcome, all the things that the world doesn't want you to overcome because certainly you don't have just the pull of the, of, of the devil himself. you got the pull of the world and then dealing with your flesh as well. So, so it's so vitally important important to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It gives you the power. That word power, when Jesus said you should be endued with power from on high in the book of Acts in chapter 1 and verse 8, it, it, it's a word uh, dynamis or dunamis where we get uh, our word dynamite from because it is a, a the power of God that comes uh, to us. So it, it gives us that ability and that strength to go on and, and, and even to forgive those that have you know, committed such atrocities. And, you know, against our family and loved ones or whatever. And, and you know, the thing is that when it says blessed or happy and level-headed is that person, you know, I think another side to forgiveness is this, that the Lord knows that when we don't forgive, it's a heaviness that weighs so heavy upon our backs. You can't even carry it. You can't. 
You can't begin to carry unforgiveness. It is so draining. I've been there. It's just, you know, I struggle for a while, uh, for a long while to forgive my stepfather so many things. And and not only that, but other people that it just, uh, and I don't want to go into all that I've been through because I want to talk to people. But, but, but the things that I went through and 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 uh, at the hands of other people and and God is calling you to forgive and and God gives you that power he gives you that anointing to be able to go through that and be able to honestly forgive and I think the other side to that is that Jesus knows that that heavy burden of being a person that won't forgive people because that's heavy it's heavy to carry unforgiveness it is. It will be so draining to you. You you don't know what it's like to literally just forgive that person that's hurt you so much. It's like a massive weight lifted off of you. And so Jesus, he's saying these things to us when he says the Father won't forgive us if we don't forgive. One, because he's forgiven us when we didn't have to be for. I mean, when we certainly didn't deserve to be forgiven, and he forgave us, and he went to the cross and nailed. Uh, uh, it was nailed to the cross because of our own sin. So if he can forgive us, you know, he was on this cross. He said, "Forgive them, Father, or they don't know what they do." They didn't realize they were nailing the Messiah to the cross, and yet he was saying, "Forgive them," even in the midst of all that he was suffering through. And so, we got to learn to let God lead us to that place because. It is something that can lift a heavy burden off of you to forgive those that have done such a, uh, terrible things and hurtful things and maybe said hurtful words and all that. But let's go on to the rest of this verse because uh, the bottom line is we've been talking about pride. And so I hope the first portion of this uh, podcast is, is maybe help somebody, maybe strengthen somebody or encourage somebody to go forgive someone. Uh, I, I'm hoping so. But I want to look at the second part of um, uh, chapter 40 of the book of Psalm in uh, verse 4. The second half of that is, it says, And respecteth not the proud. It says, Happy is the person that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud. In other words, that can also be a part of your blessing. That thing that brings uh, you level-headedness and happiness. Because you don't uh, do this thing here. You respect not the proud, nor such that turn aside to lies. You don't respect the proud, and you don't respect those that turn aside to lies. That also gives you a level-headedness and a happiness in your soul. So what does it mean when it says respecteth not the proud? Because we've got to look at that word and see what does it mean. So respecteth not the proud. The word respecteth there means to turn to the direction of. To turn to the direction of. In other words, if, if you're going to be happy and you're going to be level-headed, whatever, whoever person is, and you make the Lord your trust, which, which means that you make him your refuge, your security, you know, your safety and your hope, um, then then what happens is you also, what makes you happy and level-headed is that you don't turn in the direction of the proud. Because he said, respecteth not the proud. He said, those that are going to be happy, those that are going to be level-headed and make the Lord their trust, they're not going to respect the proud or they're not going to turn in the direction of the proud. Okay? And... So, what does it mean to turn in the direction of? Well, to act like them, to behave like them, to talk like them. 
you know and 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 it's not hard for people to understand the word pride it really isn't and i i have a problem with that word being used in a lot of different places and spaces that i don't think it should be used and some people will be bothered at what i say because I do not say to my children, and they know that I don't. I even have one of them say something to me. When you don't never say you're proud of us. I say, but I say other things. I say, because I'm not going to use that word. I'm not going to do it. But I'm, I'm going to say other things like, I'm happy with the accomplishments that you've made. But I will not use that word pride. I'm not going to do that because that, and you say, well, that's going too far. Well, you can say what you want. You know, do, do, do what you think that you need to do between you and the Lord. That's what I'm doing, and that's how uh, that I'm going to stand, and I'm going to encourage other people to do the same because pride is what took Satan out of heaven. So, uh, you, you know, excuse me, but I am not going to use that word because, look, I struggled with pride for so long in my life, and God had to deal with me. I mean... If you don't think that the scripture don't say the Lord will chasten those that he loves, I got news for you. That's not true. If he loves you and you got you got a spark of faith, God is going to chasten you until you straighten yourself up. And what the word chasten, when you look it up in the New Testament, you, you know the words that are used there, chasten. The Lord loves those that he chastens. It means to correct you. It means to correct you, and it even uh, uses the word that we would call it spank, but uh, basically, though, to correct you in whatever way that he sees fit. So God, uh, you you may have been going through some things, and you keep thinking, well, why does this keep happening, and why does this keep happening? Because the Lord might be correcting you, and you're not paying attention. And maybe it's, he's correcting you because you keep letting this certain thing, this certain attitude or behavior, and if it's pride, God is going to keep on and keep on and keep on until that is removed out of you and and then god is going to set you up as time goes on to 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 help people see that and understand it now he may uh, help you to uh, be in a position that maybe others wouldn't be or vice versa you know i mean you could just be somebody that um you know, you're just serving the Lord. Maybe you don't have a, a ministry per se. Maybe you don't have a podcast per se or whatever the case may be. But you might be more effective than somebody with a podcast. You might be more effective than some preacher preaching. I mean, I know the Bible says that there's, there's nothing like preaching. You know, preaching can do something that nothing else can do. But a person that has made up their mind, they, they, they're going to talk the Word of God, that's still putting you in a position of prophesying the Word or preaching the Word. And so sometimes there's, there's nothing like that where, you know, God has moved on somebody to be used to talk to somebody because of something that they've had to deal with and God has corrected them and God has dealt with them. And, and, and then they could say, look, I know what this looks like and I know what it can do. And so please hear me. I'm pleading with you. And I've done that with several people that I've, I've saw where they've just really struggled with pride. And I've tried to explain to them over and over, you know, sometimes gently and sometimes not so gently, because if it gets so carried away, it's like, well, sometimes you just need somebody to say, look, Here's the deal, okay? You, you, you got to turn the corner here because pride is going to absolutely destroy you because the Bible says that pride, it's destructive, okay? 
It's destructive. It will destroy you. And, and God don't want us to be destroyed. He knows that because Satan is on his way to destruction. Now, he's, he's not put away and bound up for a thousand years like he will be. But even then, he'll be let out for a little while to deceive the nations after the thousand years of the Lord ruling and reigning on the earth, as the book of Revelation says. But then, you know, but then he will be cast into the lake of fire with all those demons, all those angels that fell out of heaven and, and became a devil, a demon, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, the devil's got his day coming. And he knows that he has his day coming. And so God is going to embolden or encourage. And I say, I use the word embolden in a positive way. It can be used positive or negative, but I say that in a positive way. That God can encourage and embolden people that have been through the fire of some of these things and, and through God's chastening and correction. Because I'm telling you what, the Lord had to just make sure I understood. I mean, he corrected me in some very difficult ways i lost my career i lost my 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 large beautiful home i lost my luxury cars i mean the lord just he did me up but i thank him and now i i, I live in a, a a trailer well some people call it a mobile home but anyway it's a trailer because uh, you can you know hook it up to a truck and pull it out of here uh but you know uh Man, I don't drive a luxury car anymore. I mean, I went from that to driving this 15-year-old Buick and the windows didn't go down, the door locks wouldn't work, and I mean, it was just on and on. And then the Lord finally gave me a better car, but um, but uh, certainly, you know, God wanted to let me know and know in certain terms, look, you don't have to listen to me or else. And when you don't listen to God and you, you've got a heart to want to serve him, but then you don't want to live for him, you say, well, that's, that can't be. Oh, yes, it can. Because you look at Jonah. Now, he wanted to serve the Lord, but he didn't want to listen to him sometimes. You can see that in the book of Jonah. Because he was a servant of the Lord. He was a prophet of the Lord. But, but there came a point when he didn't want to listen. And, and so we've got to learn to listen to the Lord. So uh, anyway... Um, so when it says not to, it says blessed or happy and lovely is the person that makes, now that word man is actually translated human being, that maketh the Lord his trust. Or, uh, you know, as we said, you're, you're making the Lord your refuge or your, your, your shelter from danger and trouble, your security or what makes you safe and your hope, you know, that feeling of expectation that one day, you know, not everything's going to be the way it is now. You know, we get so frustrated looking at the world and all the, uh, you know, the, just just the way the world is just absolutely looks like they've lost their mind. Um, but you don't turn in that direction. You don't go. You don't, res when it says respecteth uh, not the proud, in other words, you don't turn in the direction of the proud. Now let's look at the word proud. That word there, proud, uh, it means insolent, which means showing a rude or arrogant lack of respect. That's exactly what went on with these teenagers in Compton. Hmm? certainly uh, absolute rude behavior arrogant behavior that we can just do up huh well i tell you what somebody ought to get something straightened out down there and 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 you say well i don't know how that's going to be well i don't know how it's going to be either because everybody's turned from god 
So many people, even people that claim to be Christian, they've turned from God. And don't sit there and tell me there ain't no word on that because you see that too many times with Israel. They turn their backs on God and God just lifted his hand up and said, fine, you don't want to listen. I'm going to bring the enemy. I'm lifting my hand up for protection and I'm going to let the enemy come rolling in. And, and so when you've got a world that has said in no uncertain terms God's word, what God's word is, that it's not God's word, you sit there and you tell that kind of story and then you take God and you say, I don't want to hear, oh, we got all different types of gods and we can, no, we don't. There's only one. I don't care whether you like hearing it or not. There's only one God and it's the God of Israel. Amen. And 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 the God of Israel, he 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 literally made a body, the body of Jesus Christ. Literally made a body, put his spirit in that body, and walked around for thirty-three and a half years with us to explain to us how to serve him and what to do. And the Lord spoke about repentance. Yes, he did. It wasn't just John the Baptist. It wasn't just the apostles. It wasn't just all the prophets of the old. No, uh-uh. Jesus spoke about repentance too. I don't care what lie anybody want to tell. Huh? And there's sure enough a lot of lies going on. So, pride. He says here, blessed or happy and level-headed is a person that puts their trust in the Lord. They respect not the proud. Or, In other words, um, they don't go in the direction of. And that word proud, it means insolent. You're rude and you're arrogant and you show a lack of respect. Do you see that with other people? Maybe not just these teenagers that run around. But but look at what's happened with this, um, you know, all of what's going on right now. All of what you see right now with this trans transgenderism. Okay? Now, I have said this once. I'm going to say it again. I will speak on this subject because I came from the gay agenda. Okay? And I know there's one. Now, when I say that, I want this understood because I see other things going on that is not right. And when I say not right, I'm talking about not right with Christians that think they're right. When you are not treating uh, people, you know, that either claim to be gay or they claim to be transgender or whatever they, their struggle or difficulty or whatever it is that uh, they are in in their life. The, the thing of it is, People still, I'm talking to Christians, and I don't want to say people because some of you are not acting like a Christian. You're going to have to understand that God, remember each and every person, God said he made them in his image. So you've got to realize that even these that are struggling with this transgenderism as they are in this world, they were made in God's image, and they have a deep and heavy struggle and a battle and so that needs to be understood with a love in your heart as a christian reaching out to somebody that truly struggles now i'm going to say this i called it transgenderism because of the fact that uh we are uh you know in this era now where people are literally trying to take children and just you know mutilate them to the, this, this God that has risen itself up that we are not going to accept the fact that God made our body as he wanted it to be. Now, with that said again, I want to say that doesn't mean that we go treating them hatefully. You don't do that. If you're going to be a Christian, you can't turn around. So I don't want people misunderstanding my words and say, oh, well, he used to be a part of us and now he's just a mean, hateful old fool. No, I want to say right now to Christians, those of you that claim to be, 
If you're going to be a real Christian, you're going to have to have show some more love than what you do. Now, showing love does not mean that you're accepting what's going on. But you got, you know, I let me explain to you this way. All right. Now, I have some relatives, and I'm not going to name them, but they know who they are, and if they ever heard this podcast, they'd know exactly who they are. But I've got some relatives that won't speak to me. And they won't speak to me because I was in that lifestyle for so very long, um, and, and I had, you know, before I went into that lifestyle, I was married. I was married to a woman, and I, uh, but there was a lot of problems in our marriage that not only stemmed from the struggles that I was dealing with, but at the same time uh, with uh, the things that were going on in our marriage that, you know, just was really, really difficult. And I don't want to go into all that right now, but uh, just uh, some deep, heavy issues, with family issues and uh, um issues between uh, my wife and I and just different things. And uh, no, they were not all sexual and that kind of thing. But, uh, and this is a podcast, so I'm going to get real blunt sometimes and I'm going to say some things. Now, I'm not going to be, uh, I don't believe in being nasty and ungodly or, in, you know, unholy in the way I'm talking. But, uh, but I am going to say some things sometimes real blunt and to the point. But I've got family members that they knew that I, you know, and I was, uh, at the time that I was married to my wife, we were going to a uh, uh, Pentecostal church. It was holiness, and I, I learned to live that way and all those things. And uh, so eventually, one thing led to another, and my wife and I uh, were divorced and uh, so on. And I'm not going to go into all the detail of that, but uh, there's a lot more to the story than meets the eye. So don't start uh, making your judgment call because you don't know all the detail. There are a few, few, I say a few, of my family members that know more detail than others, and so they, they know what I'm talking about. But um, but the thing of it is that, um, you know, once my wife and I, we divorced, and I kept dealing with this uh, struggle and everything, and, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be real clear i will say this because uh my former wife did commit adultery um so I, that's about as far as i'm gonna go with that i'm not gonna get into the details of that but in any event and then eventually uh, i'm not gonna say that i did it i also did but later on uh, it was just through just a lot of different things that we were dealing with then you say well why you got a podcast why why, who dares say they're, you know, God has called them or that they're a preacher or whatever. Listen, I've already been through all that with the Lord. I've already said to the Lord, I don't know why you would even have mercy on me, why you would even want to call me anymore. But thank God for his mercy. Because it let me to know in no uncertain terms, when God says that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, God, he, he pretty much means that. And uh, he's not going to let you go. I mean, if you've got a call on your life and you're trying to run, let me tell you something. you got to quit running. You're going to have to let God speak to you and talk to you because um, running don't work. It just don't work because we see that with Jonah. Running don't work. God will see to it that he makes a fish that works just fine for you and I, whatever it is. And I'll tell you what, God made a big fish to swallow me up. And that was... Uh, 
you, you know, it was it was um, a very heavy, heavy thing, and I was in that fish for a whole lot longer than any three days. And so, but I thank God that it, that what was made my fish, I don't mean a literal fish, but what was made my fish that God prepared for me, uh, certainly uh, I, I'm grateful that the Lord allowed that fish to spit me out. But in any, in any event, listen, folks, you that claim to be Christian and, and you are so hateful towards uh, those that are part of the gay agenda, those that are part of this um, transgenderism, um, these people that, and I'm going to say it, and I know some people are not going to like it on the other end of things. The other folks are not going to like it. But those that suffer with transgenderism, and yes, it's a suffering. Because it's, listen, if you're transgender or you're considering it or you're, maybe you're already there and maybe you think you realize you made a mistake or you're in the middle of it and you don't, and God has made a way for you to listen, I want you to know God loves you. He, he truly loves you. And if it's anybody out there that's listening and you got a family member, I've got one family member. Now, they don't know that I know, but I found out. And they are going through all of the, uh, situation of transgen transitioning or whatever they call it, and I'm just keeping my, my myself in prayer for that person. And I told the the, the person that um, had let me know. I said, "Well, I tell you what, I'm going to be praying that God stops them from having the surgery. I'm going to pray that God makes every uh, move that He can to stop this person from getting the surgery in whatever direction that that has to go in order to stop this person from doing that because once it's done it's done and you can't reverse it you know it's 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 a lifelong change and uh, many people have made those changes and then regretted it and they'll say oh well that's just them that won't be me look the bottom line is as i said god loves these people and and if you are listening and you're dealing with that god loves you but he created you the way He wanted you to be. And I know that's hard to understand. I know there's so many people that truly suffer uh, with feeling like that they are not in the right body. There's a lot of folks that struggle. They truly do to the point they want to take their life. And so we want to have compassion and we want to have a heart to, uh, to, to uh, you know, a heart of compassion to feel for these people because uh, there is a struggle. And so if... Uh, people who claim to be Christians, you, you use hateful words or anything like that. Rather than letting the love of the Lord uh, take over, it's going to defeat what the Lord's trying to do and trying to reach them and trying to get them to come around to understanding that God loves them and made them exactly the way He wants them to be because He, he truly loves them. But look, Satan gives us all some kind of struggle to deal with. Don't sit there and tell me that you're a Christian that's never had anything to struggle with. If you do, if you do say that, you are a liar. You're a liar. You are flat out lying. And don't you know that if you keep up with that lie and you don't repent? The Bible says that all liars, those who just continually move with that, you're going to find yourself in the lake of fire. That's what the book of Revelation says. Huh? You believe God's word? You better hear. So, the same with, you know, anybody else within this group. Now, this is the reason why uh, that our ministry, uh, where we, um, you know, on the 
YouTube channel where we have the eunuch preacher and we have our worship services and all that. It is called the eunuch preacher for a reason. Because, uh, you know, uh, we've moved along, we've dealt with those things, we've struggled with those uh, those same uh, things and everything. And, and, and God is helping us to move through and accept ourselves as the eunuch that we are. Now, some people, they're not going to agree with it. The Lord has already told me there's going to be people that are flat out not going to agree to uh, agree with it, especially on the right side. You just you gonna say no, I don't, I'm, don't agree with. It. Well, then you don't agree with Scripture, because Isaiah 56 talks about it, uh, and uh, Jesus talked about it in Matthew 19, and then of course uh, the eunuch was accepted in the body of Christ in chapter eight of the book of Acts with the, Philip the evangelist literally being moved by the Holy Ghost to go and sit in the chariot with that eunuch. And, and, and that eunuch was reading the Word of God. They, they had a desire to know who the Messiah was. And, and they had a heart to turn to the Lord, and they were baptized. And so uh, there are plenty of people out there, I believe, 100%. I, I kept saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, am I the only one out here that, that loves you truly and wants to see people saved and wants to see people be baptized with the Holy Ghost and, 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 and to be baptized in Jesus' name and to learn to live a holy life. Am I the only one out here, dear God? And then the Lord, of course, gave me my, my spouse. I, uh, I, I know people struggle with that. They don't, they don't like that. They don't like me using that word. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the thing of it is that uh, God called us to work a ministry together and of course, we've had we have to obey uh, certain scripture scriptural passages. You can't get away from them. You can't ignore them. Uh, you got to be obedient. But the bottom line is, there are eunuchs out there. So anybody who struggles with being, uh, you know, those who are attracted uh, to uh, the opposite sex, so to speak, um, you know, you say, well, you were married. Well, a lot of them are, but then it becomes. It literally becomes a disaster, and it falls apart because uh, it's uh, you, you. You can't have eunuchs marrying um, those of the opposite sex if that's something that's a deep and heavy struggle. It's a disaster waiting to happen. Now I know a lot of people. I told y'all. I said before. I said I'm going to be saying some things come here in the future that people are not going to want to hear. They're not going to want to hear it. And they're going to get angry on the right, and then they're going to get angry on the left. Why are they angry on the left? Because the Bible says to come out from among them and be separate. Those who have latched on to the gay agenda, those who have latched on to, to this agenda that that transgenderism is 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 a you know a right and good thing. No, it stands against God's word. Because folks, listen, you, you were made the way God wanted you to be because he loved you and loved what he created and he loves you so much that he wanted you, if you were born the male he that you were, he wanted you to be that. It wasn't, you know, you've got people in the world saying, oh, well, that's just what you were assigned. No, you were assigned that by God, not assigned that by somebody's word. You were assigned that by God because God gave that very clear definition and mark upon a person that's a male or a female. Now, of course, I'm not ignorant to the fact that there are some intersex people and all that, and they certainly fit in the category of the eunuch as well. 
But you find Unix uh, many times in a positive light. Now, some people may say, oh, that's not a very positive light. Uh, but the prophet called for the Unix to throw Jezebel down off the wall. And they obeyed. And the prophecy against her was fulfilled because of what the eunuchs did. Because the eunuchs had a mind to listen to the prophet. <coughs> and excuse me. So, you know, <coughs> there's a lot of folks that are not going to be very happy with this podcast. But I said that because I was saying to you that I've got family members that haven't, um, they made up their mind. They're not going to talk to me. And, you know, uh, for a long while, it, it was very hurtful. It was very, very hurtful, very painful. Um, but the Lord has helped me. He's given me the grace and the patience and, and literally the forgiveness and the love uh, to have for them no matter what, no matter what. Because, um, you know, one day we're all going to meet the Lord and we've all got to understand that each of us are going to give an account for our own selves. And so we've got to leave it in the Lord's hands. And we do have to forgive people and we have to love people. If we don't do that, um, we're not going to be saved. Because the Bible says that if we don't forgive others, the Lord will not forgive us. The Heavenly Father will not forgive us. That came out of the mouth of Jesus. That did not come out of, I, I'm repeating it. Yes, it's coming out of my mouth. I'm just repeating it, but I'm repeating it because it is what Jesus said. And if you've got a mind to follow Jesus, then you're going to want to follow what he said. Now, so let's, you know, go on here in a minute. But I just want you to understand, you may have family members that don't want to speak to you. You may have family members that don't understand what it means to be a eunuch. And I'm going to get more and more into that um, because I know there's people that need help and, and they're struggling and, and maybe they love the Lord, but they have been told, you know, I'm just going to hell and I nobody loves me and God don't love me and you just feel worthless and you feel helpless and you feel like life is just not worth going on and all that. Listen, please don't listen to those words. That is not true. Your life means something to God. That's why he brought you to life. That's why he created you to be what what it is he wanted you to be. Now, I realize that there are people, and please, please, those of you that are on the right side, listen to me. Please try to understand. And, and what y'all need to do, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to like it. You need to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost and pray through. Pray and ask God to give you a love for people. Now, I'm not talking about acceptance. I already said that before, so I don't know why I feel the need to keep repeating it, but I think it's because people are not listening. They don't want to listen. They think that if you show love and care, these same folks, and I think that's what's happening with these particular relatives of mine, they think that if they show love and kindness um, uh, to uh, Brother Vern and I, that, that it would be a validation of, of maybe our past life or whatever, because our life is certainly so very different than what it used to be, because God said to come out from among them, but he said, I'm going to call you, and you, you are going to work together and move in a ministry together that God is going to use in order to reach so many of these people. And I, I, you have no idea how much I've struggled to get to where I am today. It has been, even for me to say the words that I'm saying right now today, it's been a bit of a struggle to get it out of my mouth. But I have to be obedient to the Lord. And I've got to let people know, look, there is a word from the Lord. And there is a word to those that struggle with transgender issues. 
God loves you. He loves you. But uh, you, you, you may say, well, I just don't fit in my right body. Well, that's what, that's what certainly the enemy is wanting to do. He's wanting to deny you the blessing that God wants to give you as he created you. Because there's a blessing that comes with the way that God has created us to be, whether we're male or female. And certainly, we can't take on the issues of, of intersex. And, sex, and that's what's happened with so many people. And you say, why are you talking about all this? Because of the word pride. Because it said that blessed or happy and, and, and level-headed is the human being that makes the Lord his trust or her trust. Uh, and respects not the proud, or you don't, you don't, you don't go into that direction. You don't move the direction of the proud, and you don't move in the direction and turn to aside to lies. So this is where I'm going next. There's a lie that's hit this earth, and I know a lot of people in the, and I don't have all the letters memorized. I have been far removed from that life for quite a few years now. Uh, as far as being involved with, you know, I don't, you know, my spouse and I, we don't call ourselves gay anymore. We don't use those words. God has said to come out from uh, among that and, and to walk with the Lord and to serve Him and to follow His direction. And that's what we have been doing for several years now. And people have been baptized in Jesus' name. And, and we've seen people be baptized with the Holy Ghost and all that. And so, and then God finally uh, moved us to the state of Texas here in Houston, where I was not aware they had such a large uh, gay population, but God knew what He was doing, and God wants us to um, to reach those that maybe some of y'all are just not reaching because you don't want to deal with it. But it is hard uh, to say, uh, you know, without people becoming angry, that there's lies that people are believing, and they're believing those lies. And those lies, don't you know who the father of lies are? I, I'm going to talk to both sides at the same time with this. Those on the left and those on the right. The lies come from the father of lies, which is Satan. So Satan has decided to bring about this lie that people are in the wrong body. And he's had so many of them to believe it. And they, they become so emboldened in their belief of this lie that you on the right should have a compassion in knowing what Satan has done here. Don't you feel a love and a, a this, this, this feeling down inside of you wanting to reach them and try to, to help them to get past that so that Satan doesn't take them all the way down to, to the road of just mutilating themselves? And those of you on the left, I know you don't see it as mutilating yourself, but listen. This is what Satan is going to do. He's going to trick you into believing something that's not true. You are going to be an absolute permanent medical patient if you go down that road and you continue down that road. And the Lord doesn't want that for you. He created you if you were born a female. God wants you to be the female that he envisioned you to be if you were born a male then god wanted you to be the male that god envisioned you to be and maybe it is that through your life i'm not saying that you didn't have struggles i mean my goodness i had struggles and 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 all of that and it it does bring uh you know certain difficulties and struggles when you go through uh, so many things such as myself i was brutally raped when i was nine years old a nine-year-old boy i was brutally raped 
by two teenage boys that were almost adults at their age when they raped me. And, and it, it affects you, and it, it just about destroys the inside of you. But then you, when you deal with family members that don't want to talk to you, and they don't want to be a part of you, or they don't want to love you, or they don't want to care about you, or to love those that you love, you know, uh, Brother Vernon and I, we've had to make a lot of changes in our life over the years because of uh, God commanding us, and we're moving along, and, and God is, is, is directing our lives to, to do things differently than what we used to do. But he said, look, I'm going to put you in this ministry, and I know there's going to be people. And he told me, he said, you're going to have people on both sides, left and right, he said, you're going to get in it from the north, south, east, and west. He said, they're all going to be coming at you because so many things are going to be said and they are going to be angry with you from every direction. He said, but trust in me. Trust in me and let me be your safety net and let me be your comfort. And so I've had to do that. I've had to let the Lord be those things to me Brother Vernon has had to let the Lord be those things uh, to us as we've moved along. And, and we've been so blessed to be able to see people baptized in the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name uh, because of our obedience and in walking through. And not only that, but, but seeing other people to turn and look towards Jesus that wouldn't otherwise do it because they're saying, but wait a minute, this doesn't make sense because, you know, you two were, you know, you were legally married and you did all these things and, and, and now you things are you know your your life is turning in a different direction than what you were doing and so you know and 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 certainly uh you know we're still on a journey god is still moving us along but we have got a mind that we've been on this journey for quite a few years now uh, where god has turned us completely around uh from the direction that we were going in but I, I was, you know, kept thinking so many times as I speak against this transgenderism. I speak against it very vehemently because it is something that stands against God's word. But what I don't want is to, to embolden people to be hateful and mean to those that struggle with this. Now, with that said, there are a lot of folks that are not really struggling with transgenderism as some folks do okay and i'm gonna i'm gonna explain what i mean there are some people that actually i have met them struggle with true transgenderism they struggle with that they struggle with what you would call gender dysphoria where they really struggle being in the body that they're in whether it be male or female whatever and they truly truly struggle with this wanting to take their lives and all i mean just deep heavy struggles but then there's this other side to transgenderism that has risen its ugly head and that now i'm not i'm not speaking as to uh, the ones that struggle truly struggle with it as it being right in god but everyone that struggles with anything whatever your struggle is when we realize that we've all sinned, this is the reason why when you read first, the first chapter of the book of Romans and the second chapter of the book of Romans, there's no point in reading the first chapter and not reading the second chapter. There's really no point in that because then you don't really get a full understanding. And then by the time you get to the third chapter of the book of Romans, you really get the push and thrust of what the Apostle Paul is trying to say. In other words, we've all come under this 
umbrella of sin and we all have certain difficulties and some of us greater difficulties than others and some people are struggling with things that other people are not and and so just because some people on the right don't struggle with that doesn't mean that god can't give you the compassion you need to help those that do struggle with it what if they tell me tell me those of you on the right what in the world are you going to do with some people i saw one pe person i saw his um testimony basically and he was talking and i i guess after his wife died he um you know he had been struggling with that and after his wife died he decided to go through the whole thing he went through it had the surgery uh, became a woman had a name he lived that way for several years and then he said the lord spoke to him and said stop calling yourself that and he had to literally detransition because he really loved the lord and he wanted to serve god and so he talks about those things and he's got a um a ministry geared towards helping people that are detransitioning and I, I, I am very in awe of, of him because, uh, you know, he's, his body has been, as he makes it clear, there's no way to redo some of the things that was damaged in surgery. But, uh, you know, he didn't realize it until after he got into it and all of the struggles that, that he would have trying to get back to detransitioning to a man again. But again, he could never be that man that he actually was at one time. So what I'm saying to y'all that are Christian, what are you going to do with those that have maybe went into that and then they realize they're trying to transition? Are you going to be mean and hateful and cruel to them? I mean, we really got to think about this on this side of things. And then those of you that are on the far left here, and maybe you hear me, maybe somebody has somehow said, listen to this idiot speak, because maybe you won't call me an idiot. Well, you can call me an idiot if you want. I don't care. I've been called worse. Trust me. But maybe some of you, 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 you're just furious with what I'm saying. You say, well, you, you just, you know, you just don't understand. No, listen, I do understand that there is an agenda because I lived in this life for a long time and I could see things that were happening and, 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 and then I would try to shut my ears to it. But because I had been baptized with the Holy Ghost at such a young age, and then I turned the ear, my ears away from listening to the Lord as he would try to talk to me and try to pull me away from certain things that I was getting myself wrapped up in. But, you know, I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his long suffering. And I thank God for his patience and his kindness because certainly the Lord is reaching out in these last days. I believe that he's not only going to raise Brother Vernon and I up to help reach, but others that whatever it is now uh, if 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 you're asking me i mean some people may say oh so what did you do go through um uh, reparative therapy oh no i think that is a very dangerous thing to do and i know a lot of people on the right are not going to like what i just said okay so i got people on the right and people on the left but listen all you that are on the left that think that you can keep pushing and pushing and now you want to go into schools and now you want to take and try to make drag look innocent come on you know full well the only reason why that some of them have turned it around to say oh well we're just reading books you know what the holy ghost did to me at one point when the lord kept you know calling me he said come back out of there you know return just like he spoke to israel and i i was just so glad the lord was calling me to return because he could feel i could feel this sense of uh, you know i know that it was prayers 
people that have prayed for God to help me and all that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, as, as God begins to move on people and begin to turn them, you, you begin to, uh, you know, the, your, your, your eyes get blinded and God begins to pull those scales off of, that Satan has put upon you as you stepped into his camp and, and, and you come back to God. Maybe you backslid and God wants you to come back and all that kind of thing. Listen, God can do that for you. You say, nobody wants me. I'm all messed up. Listen, God loves you. And I... I I know that there is some people out there that truly understand what I'm saying, that are real, true Christians. And you've got that Holy Ghost inside you. I'm talking about people that believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. And I'm talking about people that believe in being baptized with Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost to the point that you're going to be willing to walk a holy life because it's called the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost ghost is going to live you uh, lead you excuse me to live a holy life and and so who was out there who who has been out there to be able to truly reach uh people and uh, so no uh no i'm not talking about uh you know reparative therapy it can be very very uh, dangerous. It can be a very, very debilitating thing for people to have to go through. If you've heard any of the stories of some of the things that has went on in, in those places, it's just horrendous. And so, no, I'm not talking about that. Uh, I'm not even talking about people that uh, may not have, you know, an attraction to the same sex. I'm not talking about that. I mean, that may be there. Uh, but, but what I'm saying is where you have made up your mind, look, I really want to live for God. I really and truly love the Lord. I really, truly want to listen to God, and I want to obey Him, and I want to follow whatever it is that He wants for me. And, 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 and that may look so foreign to some Holy Ghost-filled Christians. They're going to say, oh, no, that's, that's a lie in and of itself. No, it's not. I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand there are lies, and I'll tell you right now, this, the, the issue of transgenderism, there are some, and I would say they are a small amount compared to what we're seeing, that truly struggles with that issue. But the rest of them are being moved by a lie. Because the bottom line is, you know, peer pressure is very strong. So peer pressure can be a struggle in and of itself for young people to deal with. But then when you top it with people that are in uh, the, the arena of counseling, and then you top that with people that are in the arena of, um, you know, the medical association and all these that are validating these things, that are validating it, and not only validating it, but are actually pushing it for young people to go through this. And yet you've got some of those same people that said, oh yeah, you know, uh, uh, people's, um, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, all the wires don't connect until they're about 25. Hmm? Have you ever heard people say that? You know, like where they're not really going to be able to uh, be mature emotionally is what I'm trying to say until they're about 25. You know, a lot of people. So if that's the case, then why would you be pushing that on people that are younger than that age. Why would you do that? And that's the reason why I say myself, I think that if anybody, you know, if you're just determined, you're just absolutely determined that you are going to go down that road and you're uh, 
you're not going to listen to people that are trying to encourage you. But where are the encouragers? Where are you? Where are those that are encouraging these people? Look, God loves you the way you are. Let me help you. Let me encourage you. Let me. And I don't mean for like you butchy lumberjack men. There's no other way to say that. Okay? I ain't talking about some lumberjack man in your jeans and your big old boots and your, and your plaid shirt. And I got all those things. But I'll wear them all the time. But anyway. But I'm not talking about somebody like, and you go, you go take somebody that's struggling with feeling like they're a, a, a girl and, and they're a, actually born as a boy. And you're going to take them out. Oh, you're going to make a man out of them. You're going to show them how to chop wood. You're going to show them how to fish. I'm not talking about that neither. Because sometimes that that is only going to make things worse. I've had people do that to me. And it's like, what are you doing? I don't want to put no worm on the hook. I don't want to fish. I don't want to get in that boat. And don't ask me to go shoot a bunch of reindeer. Well, they're not reindeer, but that's what I thought they were as a little kid. But don't tell me you want to go show me how to shoot uh, the deer. And they're staring at you, looking at you through that telescope. And you're going to blow the brains out. I don't want to see that. Or, or you want to go shoot them bunny rabbits? And I was just sobbing and crying because I, you know, and my grandfather, he marched me back to the camp. He said, you're going to sit here with the women. All he wants to do is cry every time we shoot a rabbit. Well, I didn't want to see this rabbit shot. Go see him flying up in the air and flipping up as he got shot. I don't like that. So you got to be careful what you do with some folks. That's all I'm saying to you. Don't, don't think that there is a one size fits all and fixes all because that don't work there this is a very very delicate situation that you walk through but you can't sit there because you maybe don't have all the answers just sit there and be rude and hateful and cut people off like some of my family members have done because that can be so damaging and so debilitating to people because you know, and they look at certain scriptures and they say, well, you know, they, they removed this one man uh, because he was having sex with his mother in the church or his stepmother or whatever. You know, you find that in the book of Corinthians, the Corinthian church, they had this problem. Well, they removed the person from church and they had to repent and they, they did and they turned around. Well, I understand that. I, I get those things. But when you've got people that are struggling with something emotionally, you've got to be more careful about what you're doing. And I know this is a very long podcast. This will be the longest podcast I've ever done. But I feel like that it's necessary because, uh, listen, there is a lie that's hit this earth. And, and, and this scripture here, it makes it very clear. It says blessed or happy and level-headed is the human being, that word man, human being, maketh the Lord his trust, which is, you know, your, your refuge and your security and your hope, and, and, and respect not the proud, well, wait a minute. What do you mean, respect not the proud? Okay, so the word proud, it means insolent, which shows rude and arrogant behavior and lack of respect. Don't you see that now? Where people can't even say, look, I don't want my children going in the bathroom, uh, you know, in a girl's bathroom, and then there's a man standing in there, and he's a man because he's got a penis, and he's standing there peeing. I mean, I'm, I'm not being, you know, I'm trying to be careful with my words because we're on this channel thing. But, but the bottom line is, we don't want, you know, you say, well, I don't understand. Look, my spouse and I, Mother Bernard and I, 
we, we did foster care and uh, we felt the Lord calling us to that. That was as God began to move on us to, to, to uh, you know, after we, when we first started the process, uh, God be, was already in the process of dealing with us. And, and uh, as time moved on, God just, uh, you know, just, that's how he works. You know, he just keep, kept moving. We kept wanting to obey him and listen as God was moving us in, uh, in the direction of coming out from among this um, whole life, the way that it, and the agenda and everything that's surrounding it. Okay, so the, the, the thing of it is that, you know, there was a point where, you know, we were fostering children, but we knew that as God had called us to do this, that, that our objective was to make sure that we let these people know, these young people, these young children, know about the Lord and that the Lord loved them. Because we didn't know how long they would be there. Sometimes some of them were there for a day or two. Some of them there only for a few hours. Some of them were there for weeks, some of them for months, and some of them even for years. But we wanted to teach each of them that the Lord loved them and, and cared about them and that kind of thing. And then as time went on, and uh, then God called us into a ministry, and just one thing led to another, and God just kept uh, moving us forward and moving us forward. And um, so, you know, there came a point when God called us to, to um, move into living holy and separate from the world and all of these things. Well, as time went on, and, and there were social workers that would see the change over us, and they even said at one point, one of them was so angry with me, and she said, you're not like you used to be. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, I can't be. I said, because the Lord won't let me. And I said, and I want to listen to him. And so uh, there was a point in time when uh, some of the social workers got together trying to take Brother Vernon's license and my license away, our foster license away, uh, because they didn't like our holiness living. They, it angered them and because we were trying to teach them how to live a life of holiness. And, and, uh, and some of them, you know, all of them had been wanting to go to the church. They'd been a part of the uh, church we were uh, had started and was pastoring and and they loved the worship and 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 we were teaching them holiness and how to live for god and and um and they were inviting people in the whole bit so uh, but others you know because you get some some people along the way are going to get angry and they're going to get upset and so one thing led to another and it brought us into that and i'm not going to go into all that but um uh i i remember the day that i went when we had this meeting and i just uh I, I said to Brother Vernon, I said, you know, I said, if it's meant for the Lord to remove our license, then so be it. But I'm going with only the Lord. I don't have anybody else to sit on my side. Well, one thing led to another. When I got to that meeting, there was actually a lawyer that was on the phone for somebody else that actually um, kind of stood up for me. And, and I began to tell them uh, what the situation was and the different things that were going on. And uh, she asked me about our our church and what we believe. And she goes, "Oh, I understand." She knew what we what our beliefs were. She had heard because I said we're one. Uh, I said we're apostolic Pentecostal, and she knew exactly what that meant. And she goes, "Oh, I understand." And so it turned the meeting around, and we ended up. Long story short, we didn't get our license um, taken. Matter of fact, we kept doing foster care for quite a while. And, but as time went on, we, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to teach uh, the children as they would come that, look, not all is lost, not all is hopeless, because some of them would come and they would be so hopeless and so uh, down and out and lost and just uh, especially away from their parents and just, 
some of them so lonely and all that, just trying to encourage them and say, look, God loves you. God cares about you. God wants to help you uh, through this. And, and, and some of them would, would be so uh, happy that by the time they left, maybe to go live with another relative or whatever. I remember one young boy, I won't mention his name, but when he came to us, he was such an angry child. He was so angry about his whole situation in his life and and, uh, and you know, and just kind of encouraging him and, and, and praying for him and everything. And, and when he left, they had only they stayed with us for about a year and uh, went on and lived with the family. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. But anyway, they went on to live with the family. And before uh, he left, he, he wrote me a note. And I still have that note to this day. And uh, he said, I want to thank you for teaching us about the Lord. I want to thank you for teaching me how to, <laughs> how to pray and um and he, you know, he went on to say, I'll always love you guys and care about you. And so, um, so that was such a blessing to see that God was really, um, you know, moving. Because I said, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work. Because so many people, they're going to be so hateful and so mean and so um, full of misunderstanding and all of those things. And the Lord just said, you know, he said, I'm here for you. He said, I'm your comfort. And he has been. And he said, I'm your joy. And he has been our joy. And he said, I'm your peace. And he has been our peace. And so he said, I'm your strength. And he's been our strength. And I, I, I thank the Lord for that. But uh, as we go on and we look at the word, he said, those that have uh, respect is not the proud, which is insolent. They show a lack of respect and arrogancy. You see this in this move um, with transgenderism. And I'm not talking about those that truly have that struggle. There are those that are honestly struggling with that. And we need to separate uh, that from the rest of the ones because there's some that it's just because they're... they're uh, moving with with this push that's been put out there to where even doctors and nurses and teachers and social workers and psychiatrists and psychologists and all these people have jumped on the bandwagon of trans transgenderism and they will sit there and try to make it sound like that there's this vast massive amount of people that are so in need of, of trans uh, tra transitioning and that they need this surgery and they need it right away and all this and some will say oh no that's not what we're saying and it just goes on and on and on and yet you see people talking about puberty blockers and all of these different things trying to get a hold of the children's hearts. And that is wicked and it's evil and it's ungodly because it comes from the enemy. Now, people on the left, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that what they're pushing is coming from the devil himself. They don't want to hear that. They, that makes them angry. And I say it, they get angry with me. You know, they want to do me in because I'm sitting there saying, look... This comes from Satan. It is from the father of lies. Satan himself, he is the father of lies. And he's got people believing the lie that the, all of these many, many people that are saying they're transgender that are really not. But that doesn't remove the fact that there's some that are really, truly struggling with this. Some of them is because they just want to be a part of the flow of what's going on. And, and and you know that's true by what uh, things that you've seen and how fast this has rapidly moved forward. 
I mean, it's ridiculous how fast you see this thing having moved forward. And even more so during uh, this time uh, when we had with, with COVID and everything. And, and now, you know, we're moving out of it, as they say, and all that. We moved in, and now we're moving out, and all this, yada, yada. Well, and I'm not saying that people haven't truly been sick. We actually got COVID. We were very, very sick. And I actually, at one point, thought I was going to die. And I, I said, Lord, you didn't send me to Texas to die. And God hear me. I mean, I couldn't even get the words out right because I could not even talk. I couldn't move. I, I couldn't move in the bed. I mean, I was very, very ill. Uh, so I know that it was a real sickness. But what I'm, I'm saying is, what I'm saying is the devil will do what he can to do what he needs to do in order to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And I'm going to say to you in no uncertain terms, this is a lie that's hit the earth. It's a lie that has hit the earth. People are believing this lie that uh, transgenderism has affected all these different people and so many people have got to get on the bandwagon and we've got to push to uh, get uh, you know these young people puberty blocks and all. no that's a lie from Satan because Satan does not want us to believe that God created the body the exact way he wanted it to be if you read the first chapter of the book of Jeremiah you find that God is the one that molds us and shapes us in the womb but Satan doesn't want you to believe that. He doesn't want you to believe the truth. He wants you to believe a lie. And, and, and the Lord don't want you to believe a lie. So what he does is he emboldens the mouth of some preachers, and dare I say me being one of them, to tell you, no, don't listen to that lie. Because Satan is a part of this in no uncertain terms. Now, that does not remove the fact that there are people that deeply struggle with this that need help. And they're getting lost in the middle of all of this craziness and all of these lies. And, uh, and, and then you've got parents that are jumping on the bandwagon of this. You know, I mean, I remember a time when the people that put on the drag shows, y'all was in the bars. I know you were. I was there. I know you were. And now you want to act like you're just innocent. No, no, uh-uh. No, that's another lie. That's another lie that Satan has put out there because he wants you to believe that this is innocent. Oh, well, let's look at all of these other ones that have dressed up like a woman. I know. You know, the Lord started speaking to me one time and he said, I want you to quit watching this and this. He said, because you're just validating this and this is validating this over here. I'm going to explain what I mean. In other words, like watching, you know, and I used to watch Medea. But then the Lord spoke to me one day and he said, I want you to stop watching that. And it took me a bit because I was enjoying it. I, you know, I'd look at that and I thought it was, you know, it was funny and, and all of that. And I'd see, you know, and you'd think, well, you know, yeah, you know, they got away with children and they, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and, and Medea's got their way and all that kind of thing. But then the Lord spoke to me one day and said, you need to quit watching this. He said, because this validates something that stands against my word. And that is Deuteronomy 22.5. He said, I have asked that men not dress like women and women not dress like men. And this is why we've come to the place that we have. You've got women that claim to be Christian and every day you get up and you dress like a man. You say, what? Well, you put on a pair of pants. And you know, 50 years ago, women generally didn't do that too much. 
70 years ago, it was hardly ever seen. And 100 years ago, you probably wouldn't have seen it much at all. You say, well, that was then and this is now. Exactly. What has happened? People started to believe lies about the Word of God. Oh, that don't mean that. Well, you tell me why thousands of years people believed that there was a separation between men and women and that they dressed separately. Don't give me none of this business about the robes. You don't even know what you're talking about. You, you know, people will do whatever they want to do and say whatever they want to say. But I'm here to tell you now, okay? I've made those on the left angry. Now I'm going to make you on the right angry. All of you women who claim to be Christian and you go to, you dare go to the house of God with a pair of pants on. And yes, pair of pants is made for a man. Now you can sit there with all your history and all this, but I can go all the way back to the word of God. And I'm not talking about just Deuteronomy 22.5. Mm -mm. There was a place where God made a pair of pants for somebody and it was only a man. And never again was it ever done in the word of God except for a man. You say, what in scripture are you talking about? Oh, you keep listening to this podcast. I'm going to get on that one day. And we're going to talk specifically about those things. Hmm? Yeah. All I'm going to mention to you is study the Word of God a lot. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <coughs> Aaron the high priest. Hmm? Uh-huh. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. And so the bottom line is, and that's the reason why, uh, there shouldn't be no women bishops in the church. Now, I'm not saying women can't be ministers. I'm not saying, I'm not even saying that, you know, if God allows it to be so, they could be pastors and all that, but there needs to be some male leadership. That's scriptural, okay? But never should any woman be a bishop over any uh, one organization or anything of the sort. That absolutely should not be done. But, of course, some people say, well, that's your opinion. Well, you could say that, but I'm going to just point you to the Word of God. Now, with that said, I'm going to make you even more angry. Because women have made up their mind they were going to put on pants. When that was first done, women that didn't put on pants were absolutely flabbergasted that a woman would dare do it. Just absolutely were stunned that women would do it. And, and, and so... Now it's become so commonplace that nobody thinks about it. They don't think about it at all. They just think, oh, this is no big deal. Oh, no, these are women pants. No, they're not. No, you can adjust them however you want. <clears throat> but God has made it such that in every generation, every single generation that you live, there is a very distinct direction for male clothing and women clothing. Very distinct in every generation like yesterday i went to a store i went in and uh, when i got through paying for what i needed to pay for i had to go to the restroom and as i went to the hallway where the restrooms were the, the woman's restroom was across a little bit catty catty <coughs> excuse me catty corner from the men's <coughs> and when i looked at the emblem on the women's it didn't say <coughs> I, I didn't see the sign that said men and women, but I saw the emblem on the door. And they still have that emblem on the door where the woman had the drawing of a woman with a dress on. And then the men's bathroom had a drawing of a man with pants on. Now that's been going for a long time because people understood that that was that defining thing that was there. 
But now, because a lie has hit the earth, and because that lie hit the earth a long time ago, and, and just the worldly people, really, the movie stars and just different ones and, <clears throat> you know, those that worked out on the farm, they kind of started going in that direction. And next thing, you know, uh, they were saying, oh, but I would never do it in the church. And now, oh, you don't just wear pants in the church. You get your little skimpies on and go to church. You know, your little short shorts. Oh, well, the Lord, he don't look at those things. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I've got plenty of word that tells me you're believing a lie. You're believing a lie. And, 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 and so, what's the deal here? The Bible says, Blessed is the person that makes the Lord his trust, or her trust, respecteth not the proud, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Huh? All right? And so, what does it mean, the word proud? Well, it means insolent. We talked about that. It means emboldened. You can see people, uh, when you look up the word emboldened, it means they're rioting. Well, the Bible talks about that in Galatians chapter 5. It talks about reveling. Reveling is a type of rioting. And people have rioted over this whole transgender issue. And, and they will get angry with you. Women that claim to be Christian, they'll get angry with you if you tell them you shouldn't be wearing pants. They'll become furious. They'll say, oh, that's not even in the Bible. Well, yes, it is. You don't want to believe it. But what's happened is, a long many days ago, about 70 years ago, 75 years ago, women got to the point where they started listening to that lie. Now, you have every generation, including this generation right now. If you go to certain stores, you go to a bridal shop, don't tell me that you don't understand all those dresses in there, uh, and, and when I say this, I know that there's fashionistas, I guess you'd call them, that are going to say, well, we got some new line coming on where they can wear these, you know, real nice pants to be a bridesmaid. I understand your, 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 your agenda. Because, huh? see, the gay agenda is attached to all that stuff. Yes, they have. And all of you Christian women, you help start all this. You say, oh, I can't believe you blame us. I'm not blaming you. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. The Bible says that those, they would listen to false teachers. That's what he was saying. The Apostle Paul was saying he was so afraid. He was so afraid that when he passed away that, that the false teachers would come in and they would take over. Well, they sure enough did. But but let me ask you something. When you go, now I know we've been a little over two hours. I get it. I told you it's going to be the longest podcast I've ever done. And it'll probably be the longest. And when I get through and this gets posted, I don't know if they're even going to let it stand. They'll probably knock it off because they're going to be so mad. But, you know, the thing of it is that if you go into a store, where are the dresses? They're in the women's section. Why? Because people know, even the fashion world know, that that's basically for the women. Now you've got a few that are popping up. Oh, this is a dress for men, or this is... No, 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 no. Yeah, it's popping up now because it's a part of this agenda that's attached to the gay agenda. Because they will agree with all... Now, I'm not saying all gay men and women agree with that. There's some of them that don't. 
but many of them do, if not a very large portion of them. Hmm? But you've got Christians that will, even the men that will say, oh, well, you know, don't, don't say that my, my, my wife, you know, that she's sinning because she's putting on a pair of pants. I didn't say it. God did. You say, oh, that's not scriptural. Okay, well, when you meet him and he explains to you that you didn't listen when it was explained to you, then what are you going to do? Okay, because the, the bottom line is there's plenty of scripture to show that the only pair of pants that were ever made were made for a man. It's in the scripture, whether you like it or not. Now, the Bible talks about girding yourself up like, uh, girding your, the loins, your loins up like a man. There's a specific reason for that. Okay? And what it does is, when you gird your loins up like a man, it makes a pair of pants. That's what it does. You say, well, you're just a mean old thing. No, I'm not being mean. I, I'm just telling you like it is. I told you I'm going to make, make people mad. I know. And I said, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't want to say these things. I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about these things. I know because people are going to be so furious and they're going to be so mad. And he said, obey me. So you know what? I've got to obey him. And if you don't like it, take it up with the Lord. Take it up with Jesus. And you can sit there and believe whatever lies your preacher's telling you. Because if your preacher's going to preach to you those lies, I've got Bible what's going to happen to those preachers that are telling you those lies. they got Bible. i got Bible on those that are going to follow those preachers that are going to preach lies. Hmm? And it ain't good. It's not good what's going to end up happening. Now, so as I said, the fashion world, even they know, even to this day, they're not called prom, prant, uh, prom pants suits. Hello! They're called prom dresses. Hello? Well, you know where I got that from. Hello? I guess I shouldn't say hello. Anyway. But the bottom line is, we've conditioned ourselves, and now we got this mess. We conditioned ourselves... You know, we used to listen to, uh, years ago, there was a guy named Flip Wilson. I know many, many people not even going to know who I'm talking about. But, but there was a guy, Flip Wilson, and he would dress up like a woman. And everybody laughed. And this was in the, you know, 60s when I saw this. And it was supposedly funny. But you just didn't think about that. But we've been conditioned along the way. And a lot of people in the, in the transgender world, they want to say, oh, this has been going on for centuries and this that no that's a lie but they'll use certain things to try to uh, cap their lie because that's what satan did in the garden with eve you know trying to prove their lie and so we get to the point where we believe in lies well this is the reason why he said he said those that are really happy and level-headed he said and they put their trust in the lord he said they don't respect uh, have respect to the proud nor those that turn aside to lies so you don't want to go in the direction of those that preach and teach lies. Now, here's the deal. Every generation has shown, and even this one right now in 2023, you can go to the store right now. Right now. And I can prove my point. Right now. That the dresses are in the women's section. 
They're not in the men's section. They're in the women's section. Now, you might go to some stores along the way that are uh, these woke people that are moving along with the woke generation and saying, oh, there's dresses for men. No, there's not. You know there's not. Do you see it running rampant? No. But it might one day as people continue to believe the lie because as people begin to believe the lie as a Christian that a woman could put on a pair of pants, now here we are. Now here we are. Hello. And we've got this battle of transgenderism and now we've got a fight on our hands over the devil trying to take our children and molding their hearts to believe this lie because you've got you've got people that are men dressed up as women and they call them oh well it's just drag and it's just for fun no that's part of the lie that's part of the lie to get you hooked in hmm? okay so what i'm going to do is i want you to turn to thessalonians we're going to go to Second Thessalonians, and that is a book, and for you Christians, because it would be Christians, I would assume, majority of y'all are, well, you say you're Christians, I hope that you are, and if you are, you know, you're going to be really taken to heart some of these things are saying, don't, don't just toss me out and ignore what I'm saying, I'm not saying I'm a know-it-all, but I mean, could you not just take a moment to really think about these things and look at the Word of God? You know, consider some of these things, because Look, look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and, um, well, I'm just going to read 1 through 17 really quick, but we'll stop along the way. Okay, so it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. The reason why this was being written is because some of the Thessalonians had actually thought that they missed the catching away of the Lord. And he was trying to encourage them that that was not true. He said, That you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither in by, by spirit or by word or by a letter from us, like any of us that say we follow the Lord. Like somebody sent a letter and said, You missed the coming of the Lord. As that the day of Christ is at, at hand. He said, it's, We're still waiting on the Lord to, to come. Verse 3. Let no man or human being deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there being a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed in the son of perdition. Now, some people get these things twisted up, but I don't have time to talk about that. Uh, but that doesn't mean the Antichrist is going to come before uh, the Lord comes. There's verses even in this passage we're reading to prove that's not true. Anyway, who shall oppose and exalt him? Uh, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God? Okay, so this is referring to the Antichrist coming one day. Or that is worship, worshipped, <clears throat> so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself to, that he is God. That's what's going to happen one day. Remember ye not that uh, when I was yet with you, I told you these things? He said that, you know, the Lord hasn't come yet. And uh, verse 6, he said, and now, he, he said, and you know that that, pay attention, and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Okay, there's something that holds him back to be revealed in his time. Because his time is not yet. There will be a time for him to be revealed. But there's something that's withholding him. And then verse 7, it says, For the mystery of iniquity, okay, that man of sin, doth already work. That spirit of Antichrist was already working then and still continues today and just getting stronger and stronger. Uh, verse 7, only he who now letteth will let. That word letteth, okay? you got to pay attention. That word letteth means it's something that holds down. 
That's what that word letteth means. He that now holdeth down. That's what letteth means. I know that don't make any sense, but that's what that means when you look it up. The, era, uh, the Greek word means uh, to hold down. So in other words, you can read it, and, and it says, uh, only he who now holdeth down <clears throat> will hold down. And if, that's referring to the body of Christ. Until he be taken out of the way. Okay? It holds him down until that what's holding him down is gone. Okay? Now, when you look up uh, the words, until he be taken, uh, taken out of the way, this is referring to the body of Christ because when you look at this, the word taken means to be assembled together and out of the way means to be transferred in the middle of or between together midnight, midday. Those are some of the words that are in the meaning of this. When you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, you find some more interesting information about that as well. And, and, and I want, let's see, hold on one second. I'm going to move over there really quick. Uh, chapter 5. I know this is a long podcast. I, I get that it is, and I know some people are probably not even going to want to listen to it. But, but you know, maybe there'll be one or two that will, and maybe it'll help you. Maybe it won't. Maybe you'll be so mad you won't know what to do. I don't know. Maybe some of you just say that's an idiot and I don't want to listen to it. I don't know. But anyway, listen to what verse uh, 1 Thessalonians says in chapter 5 and verses 1 through 11. It says, But of the times and season, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. He said, you know, don't worry about those things. The Lord is coming back after those that look for him. So verse 2. For ye selves, you, yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. Okay, so when you when you look at the word way, it means to transfer in the middle and between together, midnight, midday, whatever. In other words, the Lord's got his time to come. Okay, and we don't know when that is. We don't know the day nor the hour. But let's keep reading in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. So we find that he's one that opposes everything that's God. And then there's something that shows in verse 6 and 7. There's something that holds him down. Okay, holds him down. And then it says, and then verse 8. Then shall the wicked be revealed after he's taken away. That's what it says in verse 7. After the one that holds him down shall be taken out of the way. That's what's holding him down. So once the church is taken out of the way, this, because, see, the church is the body of Christ. That is the body of Jesus in the world. That's what's holding the devil down uh, from revealing the man of sin. So once that's taken out of the way, it says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, just by his mouth, and shall destroy uh, with the brightness of his coming. And then it says, Even him whose coming is after the work of Satan, talking about that man of sin, and all the power and signs and lying wonders. You see that word, lying wonders? That means there's, they're, they're, they're like things that, that are just lies. They're, they're, they're things that cause people to, to go, wow, look at that, and so on and so forth. Uh, verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, there is a deception that has hit this earth. And people of many, many types of caliber. I'm talking psychiatrists and, and people that have went to school for years and years. They are falling under this deception of this lie that has hit this earth that makes people believe that this agenda that has come about, that it's, you know, it's just a thing and we've got to get over it and we'll move on. No, this is a lie that's hit the earth. It's a deception of unrighteousness. Because uh, you say, well, how do you know? Because it stands against what God's word says that 
God created us. God molded us. God shaped us in the womb of our mothers. And that is what the devil don't want us to believe. He wants us to believe something else. That's what he wants us to do. And it says in verse 10, because they received, this is why, they received not a love of the truth that they might be saved. This is what's happening to the world. People have not received a love for the truth. So you can't be saved if you will not have a love for the truth. And so this is the reason God is calling out preachers and people that you never thought would be used. Like somebody like me. Because the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, uh, in the book of uh, Corinthians I think it's 1 Corinthians, he talks about that he's going to use those uh, a, a base character. Don't you know what base means? In other words, people that just, they're not going to be able to stand listening to somebody like me. How dare him get up and start talking and, and talking about needing to repent and all that when he's just, you know, one of those wicked people himself. But I've explained to you, look, God is calling people all over the place to come out from among them and to reach the lost because, look, time is wrapping up and the devil full well knows that his time is wrapping up. So he's pulling out all the stops and people are believing a lie. All right, now listen to verse 10. It says, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, everything he can possibly do to pull out deception in them that perish. There are some on this earth, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. There are some on this earth, you're going to perish, you're going to die, and you're going to go to hell. And what, what else can be done? If you refuse to have a love for the truth, there's nothing else that can be done. Because it says, because they received not a love for the truth. Uh, they received not a love of the truth. The truth is here right now in Jesus Christ. The truth is here in his word. The truth of all that God has taught. Don't sit there and tell me Jesus is running with these woke people. No, he's not. Jesus would not be awoke. I don't care what your lies tell. That is what the devil wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that lie. And that's not true. Jesus would never, never be a part of this woke generation. Never. He would not. And I've got plenty of Bible, but I ain't got time. I've already gone two hours and 15 minutes. You think anybody's going to even listen to me that long? They're sure not going to listen if I keep on going because I'm going to tell you what, there's Bible after Bible after Bible that proves Jesus would never be a part of this woke generation, but the opposite, and tell people to repent. <coughs> now, let's continue. Verse 10. This is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not a love of the truth, that they might be saved. Then verse 11. For this cause, and for this cause. In other words, this is the reason. God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. God said if we don't have a love for the truth that God has sent, the truth of holiness, the truth of separation from the world, the truth that's in Jesus Christ and all that he taught his apostles to teach to us. Don't you know that the church was built on the foundation of what the apostles taught us and they taught us to live a holy and separate life under God. And if this be the last message that you ever hear, my God, won't you hear? You need to learn to love the truth. Oh, Lord Jesus, because if you don't have a love for the truth, you know this out of the word. And if you don't know it now, you will when you meet God, that God is going to send a strong delusion. And if God sends it, you won't get out of it. 
If God sends a strong delusion, you won't get out of it. You will not. What does strong delusion mean? I'm so glad you asked. Hallelujah. What does strong delusion mean? Let's read what it means. <clears throat> Though two words together, strong delusion, when you look it up in the Greek, it means a powerful, effective operation. Hear it. A powerful, effective operation. Hear the word of the Lord. A strong delusion means a powerful, effective operation. Don't you see that working? Wake up, people. Wake up. Because God is going to send a strong delusion if you don't have a love for the truth. And you won't get out of that. So, you say, preacher, are you telling me the strong delusion has already come from God? I'm telling you some of that just may be well so for some people. Yes, because they would not have a love for the truth. So God has finally said, I've had enough. I'm going to send some of them a strong delusion. He didn't say if he was going to do it in part. He didn't say how, but he said he's going to do it. And when God says he's going to do something, I'm going to tell you what, you better understand something about God. When he says something, he means it. God says what it means, and it means what he says. He's not a liar. Amen. Let God be true and every man a liar. God is not a liar. And so, it says that God will send a strong delusion. What is a strong delusion? It's a powerful, effective operation, a fixed position in a time and place. You don't think that we're not in a time and place where people are believing a lie? Well, listen, if you want to, to, to take a moment to assess and reassess where you're standing with God, assess and reassess, reassess where you're standing with God, because if you do not, and you don't reassess this enough to understand, look, I've got to find out what the truth is, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I've got to find out what this Bible is saying about truth. And once you make up your mind to do that, repent of all of your woke attitude. Repent of all that and just say, Lord, I'm open up to listen to whatever your word says. And let God begin to speak to you. But you're going to have to repent of this woke attitude. You're going to have to repent of these lies that are being told. Because if you do not... If you do not have a love for the truth, God himself is going to send a strong delusion for you not to get out of it. And you'll never be able to pull out of it. Don't allow yourself another moment, another moment to stop and assess your life with God. Don't let another moment go by without reassessing where you stand with God. And what truth really is. Stop listening to the devil that has twisted what truth is. Amen. People have got to the point where they believe that good is evil and evil is good. You have got to wake up. Wake up, people. Wake up. Because if you don't wake up to the truth, the whole truth of God's word, and what it says 
about all of this that's going on in this world. Listen, God created us the way he wants us to be. I'm not being mean and hateful to those of you that truly struggle with this. I'm not trying to make you feel worse than you already feel. I'm, I'm really not. I, I love you. I want to help you. I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you to be what God created you to be. If you were born as a male, I want you to learn how to do that. And I realize some lumberjack man may not do it for you. I mean, you may have an attraction to them, but they ain't going to be the one to come along and try to help you live for Jesus if that's going to be uh, something that stirs up something in you that, that, that's just going to turn you in the wrong direction. Like, uh, you know, people trying to send me out to hunt and, uh, you know, shoot rabbit and deer and all that other kind of stuff that didn't work out for me. But, you know, there's other folks, you know, and there may be men that might just be laughing their head off at this that you just, you know, you, you ain't got no problem. As a matter of fact, there may be some gay people that even hear this podcast. I don't know if they'll listen to it or not, but if they do, uh, they might say, I ain't got a problem. I go out hunting. I do it. Well, good for you. I'll go out fishing. Well, good for you. All right. Wonderful. But it's just not for me. And it might not be for some folks. But what I'm saying is, we have to get to this place, church, where we learn to differentiate this situation here that's come up with transgenderism because there are some who truly fit that category and we need to love them and encourage them and help them to try to get through this so that they don't mutilate their body. And if they already have, we need to be loving and accepting. If they've made up their mind and realized they made a mistake, you're going to have to love them and you're going to have to care about them and you're going to have to figure out a way in your church to, to treat them with respect and dignity because they we're all made in the image of God. So you can't sit there and treat them like a piece of dirt. You're going to have to learn to love people and figure out how you're going to make that work in your church. But not only make that work in your church, but according to God's word. You you have to make sure that you're falling in line with the, the word of God. You know, because God didn't write this Bible for us to ignore it. We have to listen to it and we have to learn from it. And, and then we've got to obey it. You know, because, you know, the Lord is looking for us to obey him. I can show you that over and over and over in the scripture. Obedience is a must. <clears throat> so with that said, we're almost heading up to two and a half hours, and so I'm going to close this out here in a minute. But listen, what is a lie? Okay? The Bible says that you're going to believe a lie. If God sends a strong delusion, you're never even going to be able to get out of it because you already believe in the lie. But if you keep hanging on to the lie, then God's going to finally say, okay, I'm just going to string a, send a, a strong delusion uh, which is basically a powerful, effective operation that's, that you never get out of that lie because you just won't let it go. But if you've latched onto it, let's say that you you're believing that you've been believing that lie of of this woke generation, and you believe in this lie of of transgenderism and all that kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying, like I said, there's some people that truly struggle with this, and we've got to differentiate between those folks who really struggle with this emotional issue and then those who are just jumping on the bandwagon because it's a fad and it's a thing. Well, you know, destruction is coming, and we can already see that. We can see that with, you know, this woman that went in and shot up this Christian school. Don't tell me that, oh, that's just, just a happenstance. No, no. It is just a it is a work of that. It's a fruit of that situation. Now, I realize other people shooting up different, uh, you know, things and that kind of thing and mass shootings and all that for other reasons and all that. But there is a category for this. And so we've got to be very careful and, and, and separate things. And, and um, uh, But 
uh, you know, people in your churches, you need to come together and you need to sit down with your uh, church board members and say, okay, how are we going to, um, you know, deal with this? You know, maybe, maybe you're, um, you know, you've stood to where people are so uncomfortable they don't even want to come to your church and listen because you seem so hateful. You know, like like people that stood up in the pulpit and they the one preacher he was slamming the pulpit, started picking it up and slamming it up and down, saying, "None of you are going to come here." Well, they certainly won't. They won't even come there to repent because you scare them to death. And then some of you preachers saying something about, oh, all of those folks need to be lined up and shot in the head. Well, what about me? I mean, God brought me out because he called me. So you you thought I needed to be shot in the head? God didn't see it that way. God figured uh, he had love for me. And, and he was willing to be patient. And you call yourself a Christian? You're not following the same Lord I'm following. Oh, no. And so you're going to have to find an altar of repentance yourself. You're going to have to repent yourself and get right with the Lord before he comes for the church. Because if you ain't right with him and you don't love your brother, I'm your brother, whether you like it or not. Huh? All right. So with that said, uh, you know... I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna finish it with this. Listen, God came to this world. John three sixteen. God so loved the world. Do you think that God didn't know this was going to be going on in the world? Do you think that God don't love these people that struggle uh, in the L B G? And I'm not sure what all the letters are. I can't. I just don't have them memorized. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful to nobody. I'm not trying to be, but I'm also not going to be jumping on the bandwagon of trying to remember either, so please don't try to teach me. Uh, so I'm going to say it this way. All those in the gay world and the gay agenda, all those that are struggling with this transgender issues and, and this thing, listen, all of you on the left, God loves you. The Lord said he sent his only begotten son to save you. But you've got to be willing to listen to him. And you can't hear him if you don't repent because your ears are blocked up. But if you will repent and say, Lord, look, I, I hear this preacher. And, it, and, it, and, and, and Lord, I, I feel your spirit moving me and, and, and trying to draw me. And I just I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me of anything in my head and my mind that's unlike you and help me help me with whatever I need to have help with. And the Lord will do that. He'll begin to walk with you. And we certainly want to be here to be an encouragement and a help for anybody because we know that the Lord loves you. And then those of you on the right and those of you that are, uh, you know, conservative Christian, which I'm a very conservative Christian. I mean, you've already heard me say something about, you know, women wearing pants, how much more conservative, you know, but some people say, oh, that's not conservative. Yeah, pretty much people would look at that as conservative. You know, we also, you know, we teach, uh, always taught our uh, girls, we had five girls, we taught them, you know, put makeup on your face, we don't, um, you know, the boys never had a struggle with that, but now you had boys struggling with that, but we don't do that, because all the ones in the scripture, they were prostitutes that did that, so we taught our children, you don't do that. And, and, and we've told them we don't adorn ourselves with uh, 
all kinds of jewels and, and that kind of thing because the Bible talks about it. But you know, a lot of people, they don't want to hear that. So I said those things for this reason, because if you don't think I'm conservative, I'm going to tell you what, I'm one conservative person, but conservative along the lines with what scripture, because I can go to the scripture with all those things. And some of you might say, well, that's you know a whole other issue with you, scripturally speaking. Well, that's all fine and well, but let's let's get to the bottom line here. There are lies that have hit this earth. You gonna believe those lies? You keep wrapping yourself up with it, and you got churches that have literally taken hold of the gay agenda and taken hold of this woke generation, and literally allowing uh, people that um, have no intention on saying, "Look, I'm struggling with this, and I need the Lord to help." And there's some that have no intention on doing that, and they just say, "You got to accept me, no matter what, or else." And they will be riotous and, and, and busting windows and, and refusing to... I mean, it's just, it's getting violent. It's getting crazy. So, you know, but you got churches that are saying, oh, well, we're just fine with this. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You're going to be believing a lie until God sends a strong delusion, and then you're not going to be able to back out of it. So what I would say to you now is, please, please, Take some time to reassess what your thinking is concerning the Word of God. Because time is wrapping up. I mean, I mean, the Lord could come back in 500 years or whatever. But I'm telling you, time is wrapping We're a whole lot closer than we were when the church started 2,000 years ago in the book of Acts. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't think it's going to be very long. But, you know, the Lord's got his own timetable. And he told the Christians in Thessalonica, you know, in the letter to the Thessalonians, he said, you know, he said, I don't need to write to you about times and seasons and all that. He said, but he said, but the bottom line is you need to know the Lord is still here. The Lord's mercy is still reaching to you right now. He's still reaching to you. He doesn't want you to believe that lie. But one of these days when the Lord lifts the church off of this earth, I'm going to tell you what, there's going to be a lie that a lie that's going to come to this earth. And, 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 and people are going to believe it like nobody's business. And then God's going to say, look, you didn't have a love for the truth. I'm just going to send this delusion, and you're never going to get out of it, no matter what you do. And it's not because God don't love you. He loves you. That's why he's reaching for you now. That's why he's got preachers that are trying to reach and teach people to get right with the Lord before it's too late. So won't you do that? Won't you reassess? Won't you take some time to think about some things that have been said and, and consider Consider some of these things. I'm going to pray for somebody. Dear Lord, first of all, I want to tell you thank you for your mercy and your kindness and your goodness to me. I want to thank you, Lord, for your love and your kindness and your mercy to all those that you have reached and, and, and touched their lives and changed their lives. And maybe there's those that haven't been baptized with the Holy Ghost yet. And maybe they haven't been baptized in Jesus' name. And they, they're just moving along. And you're moving their faith along. And they're growing in their faith. And I thank God for that. Lord, I just want to thank you for being so patient and loving and kind to me. And I want to thank you, Lord, for being so loving and long-suffering and patient and kind to Brother Vernon. And to all the many others that are eunuchs out there in the world, just different from everybody else. And and we've just got to, Lord, just lean on you and, and know that you're there and you're going to help us through and you're going to give us strength and you're going to encourage us and, and uh, you're going to help us to understand your word more thoroughly. And Lord, I just ask that you continue to help as many as will 
that will be willing to repent of your their sins and and be willing to reach out to you. Maybe it's somebody that's really struggling with this transgender issue and and they've heard this message or maybe somebody else is going to tell them and and it just kind of helps them and encourages them to maybe take a step back and to rethink what they're doing. I pray God that you would let them feel your love and your comfort and your peace that they could just stop and reassess where they're at, where they stand with you and 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 just kind of give your word a second look. And Lord, I pray that I've been able to convey how loving you are and how merciful you are <laughs> and how kind you are. You're such a good God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I just ask that you reach in love and mercy to all those that reach out to you and repent and turn to you, God. Have mercy upon their soul. In Jesus' name, amen. May God keep you and bless you until we meet again. And uh, I love you, praying for you.